Monday. Yo, black people, where are you at? Welcome. Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, good day, black people. Welcome to another episode of Black People Check In. But it is not a regular episode. It is the final episode of season one. The season finale, mm-hmm. the, the end of the first chapter of the Black mm-hmm. People Check In saga, the pasa pasa, mm-hmm. the yes. mix up, the ting and tings. My name is Mandela, mm-hmm. aka the president, mm-hmm. aka the slow wine bully, That's aka right. not one of the good blacks. <laughs> you're so good. Yo, you're still a good dude. You're still not good. one of the good blacks. <laughs> oh, he's my president Twitter. of the light skin crew. This is our co-host, Uncle Germs, aka Germain, aka your girlfriends. He's just like a brother to me. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm that friend. That you're that friend that gets introduced to all of her boyfriends. Wink, 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 wink. Your auntie's favorite man, you know, all that type of thing, you know. Still, but he's still right. He's still trying to live right, you know. <laughs> Lord God, yes, Uncle, and back with us with the show. Article, mm. bad y'all. Yes. The one that the yep. boogeyman is afraid of, the white boogeyman is afraid of. This is man. I'm excited. Candy Candyman Freddy Krueger. Everybody knows I'm a motherfucking monster. Listen, I get excited when she comes on, man. I'm just like, y'all, she's about to turn up. But anyways. Not too excited, I hope. No, I'm trying to be respectful. You know, I'm trying to be are that you? respectful. Listen, I'm trying to be the respectful black guy. Somewhere. Are you trying to, are you trying to really? Because <laughs> then I think he's lemon today. I, I think you missed the whole entire point of the show. <laughs> if you're trying to be that guy. No, no, I'm trying to be no, I I I'm I'm respectful to to black women no matter what. Well you are your Don Lemon, so are you trying to say you married out you have a white husband? Oh hell no. The hell no. Oh okay. No, 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 no. Anybody that knows me knows. Okay. All right, you're still Jamaican. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we have September back, yo. Yes, we do. Pick yes, up we... your blood clots yes. yes. Yo, we're back. So you know what? Normally I'd ask you, what we had chat about Uncle Germs, but mm-hmm. I know exactly what we're talking about. But you know what? No, you you always do this. So we got to keep it consistent. What are we talking about today, Uncle Germs? You're such an idiot. <laughs> well, we're actually going to title this um, this episode, basically what? Keeping it in the family. Fam- family well, business. Family business, yes. Family business. So it's a real serious subject. I know we joke and ting, but mm-hmm. we've got some shit to say tonight. But continue. E- e- expand, expound. Be as verbose as you would like to be. So, black people, it's, I think it's time to continue to talk about some of the skeletons that we have in our closet. Hold on, time out. How mm-hmm. are you? How the fuck are you? Oh, did do the check in. My Jesus. Do we forget this every single time? Every single episode. How, <laughs> how was your week? Actually, you know what? Bun you, ladies first. September, how are you? Yo, people are laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am doing. 
I am doing. Um, as Mandela knows, I am going through a lot of things related to the topic of today. Yeah. So I guess I am on the other side of sorting through all of that drama um, and the residuals of intimate partner violence. However, I did start a new tech job. I'm really excited about that. Bam, 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 Friday, bam, bam. I'm black and beautiful. <laughs> And I'm in my bag, so I am still doing okay. Still, yeah. I rise. Should the in the bag, yeah. And yeah. still, I rise. Still, you rise, man. Keep doing it, man. Yo, she always arise. Germs, how are you? Where you depend? You know, um, depend. You know, on the gully side, still. You know, Jesus. On the gully side in Oshawa, Pickering. No, you can't even call. You can't even call Oshawa gully anymore, man. Like it's just weird. Even with Chad and Veronica and Susan. Yes, but they're they're the ones that are just walking up the street with cart in hand, you know, crackhead and all. You know what I mean? That's that's Oshawa. That's the Oshawa that I have no, no, no. I always tell people this joke. There's three parts to Oshawa. There's the dirty schwa, right? Where you're going to at least run into a crackhead at least every single night or day, basically what time they wake up. If you're in the schwa, right, which is sort of like the midtown of Oshawa, then you'll see a crackhead, you know, pushing cart once a week. If you live north, of, like north, that's actually Oshawa. Like, like that's where like a lot of people, like the nice people are. Cool. So for any American listeners that might be listening, he lives like all the way in the east end outside the city, about an hour outside of Toronto, roughly. Yeah, you can't even, you can't even call it GTA. You can't, you can't, no. GTA stands for Greater Toronto Area, no. just for all the Americans. Yeah. So close to Toronto, and he is not. Nope. He is not. No, no. The only reason why most people around the world can understand, it's housing. That's the only reason. So to put it into context, he is shaggy Jamaican. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, it wasn't is. me. <laughs> yes. A little, Sean, shaggy, a little Sean yeah. Paul. Chandra Paul. Chandra Paul. Oh my, get busy. Yes. So that Jamaican, that's where the Jamaicans start to assimilate. Yes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that part of the city. But we we love y'all, African Americans. September Just actually lives around real Jamaicans. I live in Little Jamaica. Yes. The See, part where the, after hours at my house, then Bangarang starts at 2:30 with competing baseline. The part of the city that the kids in Mississauga, where I, where my family lives, wish they were from. Right. So we steal a slang from the area that September lives in. Yeah. Place rents. Yes. Yeah. So basically, the area that Drake rips off. Yes. Every single time. Even Every though. Every single time. time. Yes. So mm-hmm. that that's that's the geographical description of where we all live. Mm-hmm. So you'll know, don't send us any hate mail. Don't come for any one of us because you won't like it. I promise you. Try Jesus. <laughs> don't try me because I throw hands. September actually, September does a lot of shit. <laughs> including <laughs> web development. You know? Including web development. We won't talk about some of the other shit that she does. She's actually Batwoman. Actually, everybody knows don't come for me. That's the last part. That's the last person you want to come for. Um, and people know that I am Mr. Fuck Around and find out. Um, as someone recently found out, 
very recently. <laughs> and that brings me to how am I? How are you, Mandela? I'm great, Jermaine. Thanks yes. for asking. <laughs> I don't think you would ask me. Well, either way. <laughs> but, but, uh, how are you? Let's ask that. You know what? I never thought you would ask. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Joking, joking, joking. My life has done turned upside down. Like Will Smith said. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been good over the last eight weeks or so. It, oh my God. <laughs> to say the eight least, I've, at least eight weeks, almost yeah. eight weeks, more like six, give or take. September 21st was when the thing happened. Right. <laughs> the event. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not been good. I got to the point where I've had suicidal thoughts. I've had mental breakdowns um, and I'm just coming out of it. I haven't written one line of code for the last three weeks. Mm. Um, Not one because I couldn't concentrate. I've been having nightmares, panic attacks. I got put on antidepressants. So why? Basically, it comes to the topic of a show. Mm -hmm. I outed an abuser very publicly in my family. And I didn't go into it blind or stupid. I knew there was going to be some backlash because, of course, you know, Black people. But what shocked me the most and the traumatic part for me was the backlash I faced from some of my own family members. Mm-hmm. One of the family members was not, I'm not shocked about at all, mm-hmm. was the perpetrator's own mother. But mm-hmm. that's a but. Other than that, no, it was in complete and total hell. Yo, but I'm good I, now. I'm back in therapy. Rastus, my puppy, has been has been a great comfort. He's minus the two up that, destroyed. Minus the two fitteds, one limited edition, one wow. was a gift from my wife. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, Rastus, we, we he's in um, mandatory quarantine. He told me the other day he felt like a political prisoner. He called himself uh, Rastus Mandela and Rastus Biko. <laughs> Rastus Guevara. Um, he's a revolutionary, apparently. Me. <laughs> yeah, because we have an ima- mandatory lock lockup. AKA party training. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so September has been advocating for puppy rights as she does. Strongly. So, shout out to Auntie September. Anywho, that's how I'm doing. Jermaine, mm. lead us into the show. All right. Well, you actually touched on a whole lot of stuff that we're going to discuss. So um, especially when it comes to intimate partner violence, some people like to call it domestic abuse, whatever you want to call it. Um, it affects a lot of people, and especially since since COVID. Um, there have been already reports and studies that have shown that uh, this phenomenon, if you want to call it, uh, has jumped a lot. Now, this affects more racialized groups more than anything, but particularly black, uh, black people, it's definitely something that has been the elephant in in the room, even though we're trying to sweep it under the rug many, many, many times. That's all we do. And especially as family units, we always blame either the victim Mm -hmm. or the person coming out about it for bringing down the family name. And I'm using a direct quote. Right. 
from my own situation or talking family business. Another direct quote. In the streets. Right, right? So we need to look at that and why? Why do we do that? September. Yes, sir. Tell me why. (laughs) Because men are (laughs) gold. It's really interesting because, and that's why so many of the terms that we use are troublesome and problematic and people are reaching out for new terms because even when we talk about domestic or intimate even those speak to one-on-one or an in-the-house thing those that language doesn't speak to public and it's about public accountability Mm -hmm. so usually when people hear these things it's between man or wife or it's in the house or all of those other languages it's not public so like a murder or there's so many other things that you could do to a person that are you know what i mean that we say oh let the court of public opinion deal with it but when it comes to intimate partner violence or domestic violence um those things remain in in the house thing um there's so much stigma around that um mendel as you know you know what happens to people who speak out um and so there's so much stigma and so much shame that victims are made to carry that they just don't speak up. And it's just, it's not merely that, it's also so many systems that kind of collide to keep people silent about the things that they're going through. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, statistics say that 67% of women have been physically or sexually abused by a partner. Yeah. A lot of people are going, and that's reported. And that's more, there's more, yeah. exactly. more than that. That's just the reported cases. And so we know it's much more than that. But so much of it is stigma and shame that it's the woman's fault. Um, You know what I mean? Here comes the patriarchy again. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's stuff like, for example, come from patriarchy, uh, from that example. It's kind of like, well, it wouldn't happen to her if she didn't wear such and such. Or Or if she didn't flirt. Right. Or she didn't behave a certain way. Right. And she wasn't wearing a certain thing. Right, which which then uh, tr- they try to absolve the man from his own like and I'm, like generally speaking, like men d- do make up the majority of the cases reported and unreported of intimate partner violence, especially in the black community for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it absolves men uh, basically from their behaviors and just say, you know what, like it wasn't his fault. You know, he couldn't help but you know try a ting and then just went south. And now all she, again, all she's doing is trying to basically make the guy who has probably done a lot of great things in the community try to bring him down. Full disclosure, I am I oscillate between victim and survivor of domestic violence. So I was with somebody for 13 years. Mm-hmm. They were violent throughout the entire relationship. I am four years in this December 11th out of that relationship. And as Mandela knows, um, that post-separation abuse is very, very real. Um, And for me, I held a lot of shame. The day after I had to call the police, they came, it was a big hullabaloo. Um, My abuser was arrested. They found six bullets in his pocket and uh, they almost had to call an Amber Alert for our son. Um, So, you know what I mean? The day after that happened, I took a half day off of work and I went back in and pretended like nothing happened. The next day we did like this employee bonding thing and I can show you a picture of it, I'll send it to you. You can post it to your social accounts where I'm smiling and I'm not happy. For It took weeks for some friends, months for others before I finally said what happened because I felt so much shame. And even till this day when I tell people about it, oftentimes the first thing that would happen, the first thing that I get from people is disbelief. Why right. would he do something like that? Um, if I don't get disbelief, I get, well, what did you do? So Mm. what did I do to provoke that behavior? Because he couldn't have done it on his own. It had to have been something that I did. 
you know what I mean? What did you do? And did you try to do this differently? Um, what's also, I have a friend and she has three sons with her former partner. And one of the, her husband had abused her and her son said, well, if you didn't talk back, then this kind of stuff wouldn't happen to you. So we get this all the time. We get it all the time. The disbelief um, and the blame. The blame is never on the man. It's always on the woman or the victim. What did you do? What did, what did you do? Um, right. Another thing we need to realize is as we talk about, well, why does the family feel this way? We need to understand that abusers groom their witnesses yep. just as well as they groom their victims. So they're all they're often active in the community, really nice guy, you know what I mean? Life of the party, really sweet, always helpful, all of these things. And they do this so that if the shit hit the hits the fan, they've got a backup. Right. They have the shield. Exactly. Right. I mean, right. there's a teacher. He won an Ontario, he won a provincial award for anti-bullying. Oh he your girlfriend. You know what I mean? While you beat right. while you beat your partner. And so abusers are you know what i mean it's another thing that just happened where um he's a member of the canadian senate a youth pastor at a church in ottawa another pastor at another church and he was faced accusations of um statutory rape you know what i mean so active in the community he's done so many many things for people i mean on and on we hear these stories um you know what i mean it's unfortunate but you look at the man who's look at jan gomeshi yeah he had a degree in women's studies yeah it's think always of all our activism ones. circles yeah how much abuse goes in that circumstance i think her name journalist Koyan, I'm thinking was of. murdered by a man in an activist circle you know what okay. i mean so it's really frightening that women enter these spaces and the men who are supposed to help them and these upstanding individuals are their abusers and their murderers and their rapists can it's i ask like, can i ask this question um and forgive me if 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 it conjures up whatever traumatic experience or whatever, right? Um, with your experience, September, how, I guess, how, how did it, how did you, not even how did you know, but basically, like, you're in the relationship with a guy that you like, right? Um, when did you start seeing over time it started become abusive um, to the point where it's like, was it difficult to say, like, yo, first signs, it's like, yo, I'm out. Or it's like, it just took uh, some time to kind of like, yo, like this might take a little bit of time. I don't know if it makes sense, but just totally. trying to see how like where it started and how it ended. In my situation, I never noticed it as domestic violence until months after the relationship had ended. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't, even when I had been asked, somebody at, like I've been, because I had been through so many interviews with CAS and police and all these people, mm-hmm. my description was always, it was a chaotic relationship. Mm-hmm. I understood that what he was doing was wrong, but to label it domestic violence, I didn't have that language and it took me actually it's interesting the moment when i realized that what he was doing to me was wrong i was it was the second hand he put his hands on me while i was pregnant so the first time i fell and i started spotting i had to go to the hospital and then the second time um that was when i realized i'm like this is actually wrong because you don't put your hands on pregnant women least of all extremely i was about eight months pregnant you don't Put your hands on women who are that pregnant. That or was women when in I general. realized I'm like, I was like, I made a big mistake, but I am having a baby and I am still a university student. So I am screwed. Um, I, the reason why, you know what I mean? Somebody's like, well, why did you stay so long? Because I couldn't leave. I didn't have any yeah. money. Okay. Where was I going with a child? Yeah. Yeah. I so- have a mouth to feed and I don't have a job and I'm still a university student. 
You know what I mean? I have all of these things to accomplish. So for me, I didn't remember. I think what is very important to point out for all of the people listening who may feel shame. I spoke at a number of conferences about violence against women. A number. I spoke about violence against women, the Montreal massacre. I was all over speaking on these things and being sought out as an expert while being a victim of domestic violence. Yep. Another thing we don't understand about domestic violence enough is the psychological abuse. Mm-hmm. My reality was completely distorted by this person. I, anytime an incident happened, I would have to write notes in my phone because I, it would keep a date and time. And then I would know for sure it happened because he would come back and say, that didn't happen like that, but this happened, but you don't remember this. And so I actually didn't know. Manipulating like, maybe it didn't happen, but I felt like I knew, but then I'm like, you know what I mean? I don't think we understand the depths of control and yeah. how insidious it is. The yep. manipulation of, like I said, of witnesses, neighbors, children, and the victim. So there were times where I literally didn't know a thing would happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I had no idea. I would literally have to look at the note and see the date and time and the notes that I wrote so literally, I'd be getting, oh, you know what I mean? Writing something down, mm-hmm. dodging and being cussed out and writing it down so that days, weeks, months later, I would still, even though my brain didn't know what happened, mm-hmm. I kept documentation that it happened. That's, um, but yeah, I get it. It's crazy because I remember the day I met September. <laughs> I was actually going for an interview for an internship for school. So I was on my way, was in a coffee shop. I saw a black person at the back of the coffee shop. I'm like, ooh, black person. <laughs> me too. That's actually me too. I'll take it up front. Right? And he was eavesdropping. I, got, I was definitely eavesdropping. I'm like, oh, she's talking about industry shit. Cool. Right? So I sparked a conversation. I don't know. I was so terrified. So I didn't want her to think I was trying to like pick her up. But I really just wanted to, you know, like, yo, like, what, the, what do you do? And it's funny. We had a great conversation. September was hella intense. I told her you reminded me of my dad that same very day. <laughs> She's t- telling me about a whole bunch of stuff. But the thing is, it goes back to what September was saying about her being, you know, in the picture happy and being a victim of abuse. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going on in her life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, you know, we, in my head, yeah, we can be friends. But she seemed a little bit hesitant. Mm-hmm. Now I under it clicked as to why, because she was going through that such a traumatic experience at home. You know what I mean? We later became literally like the best of friends. Well, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can come to my house anytime. Yeah. <laughs> I think my dad likes her better than me, but that's a different story. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So you never really know what people are going through. Right. When they are going through a, a domestic violence situation number two thank you so much for sharing your story mm-hmm. jesus christ <laughs> survived honestly, a lot. i share because i honestly would hope no one would ever have to go through what i went through mm-hmm. it's yes. an awful 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 situation and like i said i'm going on four years post-separation and it still continues mm-hmm. i really do not i want Like I've spoken to so many people who want me to write or speak. And I'm like, I'm only speaking about violence against women because it's so close to my heart. It's so pertinent. Um, So I share because I really, even though I'm still going through it, I share because I don't want 
people to have to go through what I go through, what I went through and I'm going through. I don't want people to have to feel alone. I don't want people to feel like they can't reach out. Like it's the isolation and it's self-isolation and societal isolation is really, really awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't want people to feel like it's their fault or like they have to stay because what's on the other side is worse. Um, you know what I mean? That's why I share. And it is traumatic. Like as Mandela knows, it's still ongoing. I'm still fighting the battle. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just don't want people to deal with this. And it's it funny that you should, not to cut you, but it's yeah. funny that you should mention that part because, you know, for a lot of women, a lot of black women in particular, because I know a friend of mine uh, who has also, um, and actually like Mandela and I both know her, uh, but I'll mention it later. But <laughs> believe me when I tell you, uh, but I'll tell you after after our recording. Okay. But um, she had gone through um, a, a very abusive relationship. Again, she wouldn't name it as that yeah. because she had her reasons why she stayed and tried to kind of keep it within. But there were times the, even after the relationship, the man would kind of come back and sort of like weasel their way and manipulate the situation. Like he had some sort of interesting mind control on her. You know what yes. I mean? And I think like that's abuse. Exactly. And that's the conversation that most people, we don't really even talk about where it's like, okay, what happens after a relationship? Yes. Right. Because he, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, one thing I want to point out is a lot of women get shamed for going back. But what we don't realize, it takes a woman on average seven, leaving seven times before it finally happens. Mm -hmm. Even when I, what I was going through, I'm like, in my head, I was like, I absolutely despise this man. And I'm like, if I have to lay in bed beside him or have him kiss or hug me, I think I'll gag every time. Mm -hmm. But I was like, what he's putting me through now mm -hmm. is not as bad as what I lived through when we were together. I'm like, maybe I should go back. I didn't want to, but I'm like, I, this, what I'm going through is worse than when I was in a relationship. Mm. You know what I mean? For a lot of women, they get, and remember a lot of women, when you leave, I think it's the first three months after you leave is when women are most at risk of being murdered. Right. Um. So when we women leave, it's that serious. It's really hard to be stuck. Somebody who, and that's the other thing that was so frightening. This person knows everything about me Yeah. because sure. they were my intimate partner. So he knows my habits. So I have to stop going places. And, you know, you're getting advised to take mm -hmm. different routes, come up with a safety plan out of your house. Um, you know what I mean? And then it's like, well, I've got to change all my passwords on my this and my that. And he has my social security number and he, my family. He used to go to my grandmother's house, bad chat me to my grandmother's and anyone who would listen. Like it was it's you're being stalked, you're being hounded and it's awful. Um, and for me, it was even worse because he was like, Freddy Krueger, this nigga was in my dreams. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I couldn't escape oh. this man. I couldn't <laughs> escape this man. It was that deep. So the psychological distress and her, like, I was just, and remember they mess with your head and they get in your head. And so your view of reality, like it is gaslighting, but right. imagine you're being gaslit by somebody in your home. Being gaslit yep. at work is one thing. It's definitely a lot. But you are being terrorized in your safe space. Nowhere is safe. I yeah, had no right. comfortable place. There was nowhere that was comfortable. I used to literally, as I opened the front door of my apartment building, each step that I took, it felt like the lights were dimming in my apartment hallway. As I'm walking to my house that I share with this person for over a decade. God. Wow. <laughs> over a decade. 
you so are... when you think of women, whether it doesn't matter whether it's six months, three months, two, like these people are very good at they there's a lot of things that they employ, something called love bombing, where they literally overwhelm yes. you with yes. affection to lure you in. There's something called mirroring, where you, yes. it seems like this is my soulmate. He likes everything I like, even my ex. Then, like eight months, eight years into the relationship, we used to go to high tea all the time. I love high tea, it was our thing. Okay, so he tells me he doesn't like it. For eight years, you pretended that you liked high tea. You don't actually like it. So everything you're like, what is real and what is fake? You have no idea. I have no idea. You said you like this. You sat down and had such joy on your face, found places, new places we could go, and you don't even like it. Wow. I let you inside of my life, my secrets, my vulnerabilities, my goddamn body and uterus. Like, (laughs) it's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. Anybody out there is going with it. And it's not just women, you know, and men deal with it too. People in same-sex relationships deal with it. You know what I mean? I just want to make sure that everybody knows if you're going through it, I went through it. I'm still going through it. It is awful. You know what I mean? And one thing I also want to say, backsliding, it happens. As Mandela knows, I maybe two years after I dated this guy, I was in another relationship with this guy. I didn't even really like him. And then I had to get my emergency run to the hospital for my lip laceration and six stitches in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm sorry, trigger warning. I will put a content warning on this podcast so people who come into this know that a lot of things are going to be sure that may be triggering. Um, you know what I mean? And I didn't know how to feel like that. I'm like, am I just a person who is a magnet for abuse and I'm deeply flawed? Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing to know is it's often what is so beautiful and wonderful about you that draws these people in. It's not you. It is them. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely them. It is never your fault, no matter what. What I always tell people, especially, and it's so sad that the majority of my friends who are women have either been like sexually assaulted or physically hit in their relationships. Right. And I always say this, it doesn't matter what you did. You could have had sex with all of their best friends and their family members in front of them you don't deserve to be abused. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you did. You could have called out them mama, them granny. You do not deserve to be abused in any way, shape, or form. So it is not your fault. But it's funny when September says about how abusers can be charming. Now, if you don't mind, I want to sh- share a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. Now, the family who family member who I outed, mm-hmm. um, was my first cousin. He's a community worker. He too has won awards from the city of Toronto. He was on a reality show with Kevin Leary called Redemption Inc. Yes, I'm dropping clues. So listen up, y'all. We're going to call him Victor. Um, (laughs) Not his real name, but that's what we're going to call him. Um, Yes, he is very charming. He is very charismatic. He does do community work. And he's extremely convincing. When you talk to him, he sounds sincere in the work that he does. He works with um, young Black men who have just come out of the prison system because he himself was incarcerated for a few years. And about 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. in the summertime, in 2009, I will never forget, I was dating a girl from New York City. Mm-hmm. And she drove up nine hours, right? 
shout out to both of you because I know you guys are going to be listening to this episode. We they both follow me on us on Instagram and Facebook. So they drove up. You know, we're having the time. She came up to Canada, and her friend came with her. Her best friend, who's now a very good friend of mine. She's the victim. Anywho, one day we're all hanging out. He invited himself over to the house. I'm like, yo, I don't think this is a good idea. I have a really bad feeling about this. Because all of my life, since him and I were kids, he's been a bully to me. He's a lot bigger than I am. He's a very handsome guy, very muscular, but he has an aggression and temper problem, a very bad temper. He's actually a very violent person, right? Mm. Anywho, long story short, we go out. He takes us to a music video shoot of a local Toronto artist. People in Toronto know who this artist is, but I'm not going to mention the name of this artist for, you know, our own reasons. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so we go to the video shoot. We have a great time. My, my guard is starting to be lowered. Anyways, we're all joking around. Things are going well, even though I still have this feeling like I just want to go home and I want him to leave. But we're all still having a good time. Anyway, nighttime comes. We all go to bed. And I was upstairs in the room I'm in right now that I'm sitting in as we were recording this episode. Me and my ex-girlfriend were sleeping in bed and I wake up to this scream. It was a shriek I will never forget hearing, get the fuck off me, stop, get the fuck off me, leave me alone, get the fuck off me. She was crying, screaming. Mm. We flew out of bed. I think I skipped all 14 steps of my stairs. Go into the spare room downstairs. The whole room is trashed. There was an altercation. She has a busted lip. There's bite marks on her back. He was trying to, it looked like he was trying to hold her down to like restrain her, right? So we separated them, got him out of the house. Didn't know what the fuck happened. He was screaming. She was screaming. It was apparent that she had fought him off of something that he was trying to do to her. Okay. Finally get him out the house. You see she's messed up. The room's a mess. Everything's just everywhere. Um, she, we calm her down. At this point, she's bawling. Of course, right? We see visible marks and bruises on her. We ask her what happened. She told us what happened. Um, he had tried to rape her. He had the impression that she was flirting with him throughout the day. Me and my ex-girlfriend never got that impression. We just thought she was being jokey-jokey and nice to him, right? Okay. She gave us details that he threw a pitcher of water on her. Wow. Because because she was going on too nice in his own words. Yes. In his own words, threw a pitcher of water on her, um, which hit her in the head. I think he punched her in her lip, which busted her lip. She showed me pictures. And... When she said no to him on his sexual advances, he said, now this is the house that I'm living in. He said, how are you going to say no to me in my auntie's house? Mm-hmm. Right. And then she said, fuck your auntie, which I would have said too. September, would you have not have said the same thing? If not worse. Listen, why? But I, she, right? Right. <laughs> so anywho, anywho, so that happened. There's a lot of stuff I'm skipping over just for, you know, her privacy. We're not going to mention her name, mm-hmm. but she allowed me to share this story. 
because mm-hmm. we then later found out that he may have done this to other women. Anywho, um, at the time of the incident, that same day, she's like, my brother and I, my older brother and I, we said, hey, call the police, press charges, we will support you. He said no. She already fought him off. She's a G, right? Fought him off. She was scared that he was going to come back to the house. Okay? And I was scared too because I'd never seen him that angry in my life. Anywho, she said, don't say anything. I said, okay, whatever, whatever. A few days after they had left, he was looking for his glasses. He told me I was disloyal for taking up for the girls, told me I wasn't family, da 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 and I don't understand bro code, and I'm disloyal, and I'm mm-hmm. a punk. Uh, I'm, I'm Captain <laughs> save ho She's a ho. Okay. Yeah, oh, I got okay. called Captain save ho All the shit. Wow. And I was assaulted by him. He slapped me in the face and said, if I ever told anyone about this he's gonna put me in a coffin and i should kiss both my parents goodbye there was a whole altercation Your auntie at, and uncle his auntie and uncle yeah his my mom my dad his aunt his uncle mm-hmm. right and this altercation happened at his house his brother who i was very close with was like a brother to me invited mm-hmm. me over to talk i didn't know that my cousin was going to be there mm-hmm. altercation ensued yelling screaming he hit me threatened to kill me left Fast forward to this year. Oh, jeez, I'm peas. Lo and behold, Black people check in, got wind that he might have done this to other women. September knows the story <laughs> very well, I might add. <laughs> um, we decided that we were going to post it and expose mm-hmm. him because mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah. I told my friend this had happened. She said, hey, we... Th- I thought maybe he had changed, but I didn't think he was still doing his bullshit. Use my story. She gave me permission. I shared screenshots of her account. The victim, the survivor spoke to my mother. Um, my ex-girlfriend has liked all of our posts on the Black People Checking account. So we exposed him. That's where the backlash came. Of course. Um, the backlash... Never forget, it was on a Tuesday that it was posted. Yo, I saw someone in the background hail him up for me. Oh, he is a man I respect. Oh, Anywho. Yeah. Um, yeah. So backlash, I was told I was bringing down the family name. Mm-hmm. My aunt, his mother tried to come to my house and ambush me about mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Do you think this is right? Um, she had the audacity to ask me if I was over my cousin and my friend as he was trying to sexually assault her. Did I see it with my own eyes? Right? My other cousin, another cousin, not his brother, but another cousin of mine, um, who is a Rasta and is, you know, give tongues and greetings and burn sage and universe and the plant and love black woman woman of the earth mama africa was telling me that i am bringing the family naming down i am embarrassing the family Mm -hmm. this is another man who runs his own not-for-profit organization in africa Mm -hmm. west africa okay Mm -hmm. a man that i thought was about something but he came with my aunt my other cousin's mother to attack me 
for doing all this. So I cussed them both stink. So with that being said, September was right. The nightmares do happen. I've had multiple nightmares of my cousin coming to kill me. Um, I'll tell you one specifically that I had. Um, I was afraid to leave my house. I couldn't even walk my dog by myself without looking over my shoulder. This was some real traumatic shit. Yeah, straight. <laughs> straight right? Real traumatic shit. And what I don't regret doing any of it. And Jermaine, you've posted. I salute you. Um, you know, September, I salute you for reposting. Special person in the background of September screen. I salute him. <laughs> the first day I met him, I'm like, yo, you have to keep this, man. <laughs> for real, for real. It's quiet as all hell, but Maritim. I'm done. Because um, he also spread the word, right? And shout out to my cousin's associate, who's a well-known criminal defense lawyer in the city, who threatened Black people check in with a lawsuit, <laughs> um, who's apparently doing all this community work, sent us a DM saying that our information was correct because we th were under the impression, I was under the impression that my cousin worked with this man. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, no, he doesn't work for me, could you just change that? He threatened a lawsuit. So maybe <laughs> suck your mother. Not distancing yourself from you know yes. what is so telling about all of this is yes. me personally. I say it all the time on social media and I mean it. You know this lawyer too. Yep. If I see you talking, <clears throat> if you see me talking to your abuser or somebody you know who's abusive, let me know so I can stop. Um, mm. but a lot of people. It's, I've noticed it so much. I've noticed it so much on social and in real life. When people find out somebody's an abuser, they feel like it's private and they should pretend that they don't know. And that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's what was challenging about what happened to you, Mandel, and what happens, continues to happen is people don't distance themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people say, I believe survivor, but they I don't. survivor isn't a hashtag. It's an app. When, when Black people check in, post things like protect Black women, we love Black women, it's not just a thing that we post. It's not just something we say to look cool. It's shit that we fucking mean. Were we scared in a way for posting this information? Yeah, we were, right? Mm -hmm. But what about my friend who 12 years later, when I speak to her, says it still gives her anxiety just talking about it. Mm -hmm. And she's military trained. She's tough, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what about people like her? Um, what about, and what breaks my heart is, especially some of these family members of mine who go on like they're all pro-Black, not one of them asked if she was okay. My brother asked if she was okay, right? My mom and my dad asked if she was okay. Thank, shout out to them because they were, they have always been the most supportive in that sense. Not saying they're perfect, Right, because they are still, you know, old West Indian people, and they are they do have their ways, but they are trying to understand because this happened in their house, and my cousin has denied these accusations. He's tried to say that, but he's admitted to a lot. And what in that's you know what I mean is somebody involved in the situation as well. He has admitted a lot of the details that she, yep. her story, he doesn't admit that he sexually assaulted her and tried no. to rape her but he right. admits to a lot of the a lot basically all of the other details except that solitary point 
Right. You and even when asked to explain his story, he says something, and then you say, oh, what about this? He's like, pause. Yeah, well, yeah, that. So it's very clear that he did, you know, and I'm not questioning or denying your story, but he has implicated himself. He's made that very clear. And what I would like to say is I know him. You know what I mean? At one point, we went to the same high school, and he is always, for me, other people may say he's debonair, he's suave, he's all of these things, but not has not been for me. Oh, yes, he looks handsome. Not now, because we don't, all of our only good black don't crack. Um, but <laughs> there's always this, like, thread. He exudes an aura of malevolence and violence. Yes. There's right. no, like, when I heard this story, I was not surprised. Yep. He... And- <laughs> He, he has the aura and the energy of somebody who does that. And after the day after we posted, the mother of his kids, who I'm not going to mention her name, came to me and said, you know what, Mandela, be careful because he's a violent man and he used to beat me. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried for your well-being. He's- you know Sorry, not to interrupt, but it's something that actually sometimes doesn't get talked. So, like, first of all, I mean, obviously, shout out to both you guys for, like, talking through this. Because, honestly, again, when it comes to stuff like this, it affects everybody. Not only, like, the person that is being abused, but also the person that's actually trying to help in that situation. They get that backlash. Time out. And for all those listening, if you want to know who exactly we're talking about, go on our... Instagram page and Twitter, Black People Check In, B L A C K P P L, Check In, C H E C K I N. And all the posts exposing who this abuser in the city is, community worker. He rents office space from a well known criminal defense lawyer who was his own criminal defense lawyer in his um, one of his cases years ago. So, for all those who want to know who this person is, head over to our social media. Sorry to cut you off, Janine. Go ahead. No worries. One of the things that I keep on thinking about as you guys were talking is is more so the staunch, and it continues, it's the staunch defense of our abusers, right? Yeah. And one of the things that, like, you kind of allude to this. It's almost like... Why not now? (laughs) That, and also, like, you know, we don't want to bring shame to the family, right? When, When stuff like that happens. But then it's 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 oxymoron. Well, not oxymoron, but it's like a double-edged sword because you're you're internally bringing about mm-hmm. or breeding um, mm-hmm. a very malicious and very disgusting human being amongst your own family. Who is right? bringing down the name of the family with their behavior, and therefore should be exiled from the family, so it won't bring down the family name. Right. We're literally protecting and enabling and empowering an abuser. Because remember, it's the lack of accountability and the lack of exposure that allows these people to flourish. They flourish yeah. in the secrecy. So by doing this, it's the same thing with rape culture. There's an abuse culture. These people are allowed to do what they, they do because there are no checks and balances for this behavior. Even in my situation, when the police got involved, and it was very convoluted because my abuser's father is a police officer. Um, So when the police, the two police uh, officers who came to the house, one of them, my ex's sister is a teacher. Mm -hmm. One of the officer's wife worked with my ex's sister. Mm. Sergeant who drove me to the station to give my statement on video because you have to sit in a room and give a video statement. Mm -hmm. He worked with my ex's father. They were Mm -hmm. both police officers together. Wow. So obviously the no justice was to be found. Um, with that being said, 
domestic violence as well as sexual violence is very tricky because it all boils down to he said, she said. And there's a lot of evidence that like for in my case, the next door neighbor, I didn't know, but they had been calling the police for the entire time we lived there, 10 years. There are 10 years of records of a woman screaming and yelling for help. That wow. That's evidence. It's worth nothing. My son's statement about what he saw and what happened, worth nothing. Six bullets in your pocket, worth nothing because they were just bullets. They weren't an actual weapon. So yes, this abuser gets to walk. There's no record anywhere. You know, it's funny that you should mention this and and not to cut you off, Mandela, but this is an example. Anybody who checks my post, Germs 394, um, I actually did um, a short video, like a very short video on the very same topic that we're talking about. Shameless plug. I know, right? But um, I had a a friend of mine uh, who I know actually DM me, right? Because what I was talking about, like really us as a a culture, as as a people need to begin to like hold people to account. Interesting that you should say that because this was her response, right? And this regards to like the silence part, right? So sometimes the silence from the victim is necessary to protect the identity of the perpetrator of fear of retaliation, right? Um, and you're right, September, it is very tricky because what happens is, is that, yes, people are people who are listening to this may say, well, they should be held accountable. Somebody should say something. But you don't know what type of backlash, and especially with the system that we have now, it has not done a great job of consistently holding perpetrators to account, right? And so for anybody that's been in an abusive relationship of any kind, you're almost you're pretty much fent to fight your for yourself, and you're lucky if you can get the backing from the very system that's supposed to serve and protect. But also, I'd like to say this: I am not for calling the police at all. I didn't want to call the police. I, two people I told what had happened. And both of them, the reason why they wanted me to call the police was because my abuser grabbed our son and ran off with him. Um, he almost triggered an Amber Alert. They were 45 minutes from calling an Amber Alert. Again, no charges, um, no convictions. Um, but I'm not for calling the police because I know that they're useless. But guess what else? Our communities are largely useless. I'm not going to say largely because Mandel and I became so close during that time. He has been unendingly supportive, even when not even knowing how to be supportive, he has continued to be supportive. Mm-hmm. So many people stepped away from me. Mm. Um, I, You know what I mean? I became a leper to so many people, but so many other people stepped up. And that, but, and that was what I look to whenever I think about all that I lost. The problem is the system doesn't do anything and our communities don't do anything either. Amen. And all this talk about creating revolutionary progressive communities and look, that's not true. They both, there they is nothing shit. there. Mm-hmm. There is nothing there. A lot of these people stepped away and I can name a lot of people who a lot of people look, a lot of y'all look to as community supporters, no et cetera, et cetera. I know that that is not true because I went through it. And as you all know, I was well known within the communities. It's not like I wasn't connected to so many people. And if I with all of my connections and my privileges, mm-hmm. couldn't make anything happen. What can somebody who doesn't have my stack privileges? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the time, right. you know what I mean? I worked in government relations. Yep. My coworker and friend is a senior policy advisor. You know what I mean? <laughs> she works with premiers and prime ministers. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And a number of friends. I've got friends who are lawyers with some of the largest law firms in North America. I know teachers and people are on teachers' unions. I know people. You know, people in the media. In the media, you name it. Politicians, city councillors. 
You know what I mean? Talk your shit. Look what happened to me. Right. As you know, the same thing with Mandela. When we talk about backlash, Mm. one of the first things that I got sent was a a kind of cease and desist, threatening to be me that I would be sued for libel. Same. I I got that letter. Libel and defamation. If I told anybody about what happened to me. Yeah. So what we need to also realize is uh, when we talk about intimate partner violence, it's many things. It's Mm. physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Another thing that people don't realize, it's also sexual abuse, yeah. it's psychological abuse, it's emotional abuse, it's mm-hmm. financial abuse, Amen. it yep. is legal abuse, and it is systemic abuse. Yeah. He's got his master's from OISE, and he deals with um, anti-Blackness and all of those things, and he very much weaponized misogynoir and anti-Blackness in the courts and with the TDSP and with the police and everybody. Yeah, All of those stereotypes that he chants down. He drummed them all up to paint me as the crazy, greedy black bitch. Yep. And just my money. That's how he caricaturized me. You know what yeah. I mean? And so when you're talking about why don't women come forward? Because I'm a fucking woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a black, a black woman. woman. And he made it very clear. Look at your family and look at mine. Who do you think they're going to believe? That's what he used to say in our relationship. He told me straight up, if you leave, I will take our son away from you. Where was I going to go? And it was a battle for me to even be able to keep my son. So where do women like us go? Remember, it was only in the 1970s that a woman was allowed to get a credit card without getting a man to vouch for her. Which is it true. Only a few years ago that we've been able to break our lease without repercussions. And even when I broke my lease, I had to provide proof of domestic violence. So even though there's this new law in place that's supposed to be helped, I had to prove that this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Also too, it's not that you're as black but you're a dark-skinned black woman exactly and that plays a huge part yeah because us light-skinned folk we get off we get away with a lot of shit mm-hmm. and we get away with a lot of shit that white people get away with mm-hmm. yes i don't want to hear nothing from nobody in my dms email my dms we're in a pandemic and i'm bored come <laughs> you don't want to be in september's dms <laughs> and i will not be of any use to you if you come try and ask me for support Mm-mm. trust me <laughs> we ain't here to save you we ain't here to save you man and i can be a, a lot, lot more extra milk complexion fool you <laughs> september is an archangel compared to me so fuck with her and find out <laughs> but and, you- that, and realistically that's the same thing that you said when you think of all of these layers and i talk about privileges born in canada university educated and know all of these people you know what i mean financially okay um, but at the same time, I'm still a dark-skinned black woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm a dark-skinned black woman going against this behemoth. Um, and so, and like that's the thing is, and that's one of the reasons why I continue to fight because I am privileged. When I go in the courtrooms or talk to the police or whosoever, I speak like this. You know what I mean? I can sit down and run intellectual circles around these people. What about the people who don't talk like I do? and who can't follow along and who can't do the research and doesn't have people to research. Um, I know of somebody in the black spoken word, black art community who is a sexual abuser. And one of the people that he abused is, you know, in his thirties and this girl is 18 years old. And she was an immigrant here on a student visa. She had nothing. She, what can she do? And she said she didn't come forward because she was like, I'll lose the only community slash family that I have in the city. So what about those? And I call, I called him out and he tried to come for me and he tried to get me to tell, oh, well, tell me their names and I'll let you know if it's true or not. Sir, no. Three different people who are completely disconnected from each other told me that you sexually abused them. Three? R. Kelly? 
Shout out to Kelly over All I'm saying is, like, when we talk about this domestic violence, um, intimate uh, partner violence, sexual violence, it's very common. Like you said, on Mandela, honestly, I think I know one woman in my entire life who has not been sexually abused. One. Mm-hmm. I've known many women in my life. Yeah. One? Mm-hmm. One woman? Yeah, that's, that's one. alarming. So, and, it's not, and oftentimes it's not just one time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, content warning alert, but I bumped into this guy from university. You know what I mean? University's been eons ago, hugged him, blah, 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 chit-chatted for it. He was acting weird, and then I walked off. And as I started walking, I got this flashback. I'm like, oh, he raped me. My brain completely blanked it out. And I didn't realize it. that's why I was being weird. He's probably like, yo, after what I did to her, she's going to come. And he had the, you know what I mean? And then I, yeah. because trauma makes, your brain just blacks out some experience. You disassociate. It. And so some of my worries are also, what happened to my body that I don't even know what happened to it? Because yeah. my brain is literally too traumatized. It's like, girl, you cannot handle this. So let me hold on to this for you. Yo, so you you know what? This has been, we're going to continue with this. But we're going to, we're going to do a short break and get into our weekly segment. Well, actually, it hasn't even been weekly. It's been whenever we remember. Um, Let's agree. Called the Wheat Chronicles, aka this week in Caucasian, Mm -hmm. Caucasian, Caucasian Caucasity. Caucasian caucasity. That's 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 a good one. That's a good this one. This week in Caucasian in the in Caucasian caucasity. Mm-hmm. And this week, mm. the lucky Jermaine. You know where I'm going with this. I think I know where you're going with this. So let's do it. <laughs> you know what? There's some trials going on in the U.S. We're gonna keep this segment real brief because we already know what it is. Kyle <sighs> Rittenhouse, the 18-year-old, then 18-year-old terrorist, uh-huh. and the three hillbilly redneck Trashingtons McTrash <laughs> who ran down and murdered Ahmad Aubrey, Aubrey. a mm-hmm. young black man that was only going for a job. Um, the today. This is we're, we're we're recording in November. We don't know when this is going to get released, but the trial's going on now. Opening closing arguments are going to be on Monday, November fourteenth. Right. So yesterday, during trial, a defense lawyer for the killers of Ahmad Arbery openly said in open court that he did not want any black pastors in court. You know, hey, you know who he's putting out to, right? Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. Of course. Um, he likened them. He then said, what if there were white people dressed like Colonel Sanders <laughs> and were wearing white masks in the courthouse? How would y'all feel about that? Why are so, white people? Why are they? <laughs> why are they? So he openly said this. I was shocked, but then I wasn't because Caucasians carcating. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to give a fake apology about sorry for those he offended. He shouldn't have worded it that way. But he was still going to go ahead and submit a motion wording his concerns in a different way. So you're sorry, but you're still going to go. White people. I want to be sneaky racist instead of overtly obvious racist. Like overt. Overt. I I find it funny how he's trying to equate Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson to the KKK. That's the part I was like, that kills well, me. To the KKK and KFC. To the, and, right? and 
Also, I might also want to know that Colonel Sanders did not spice chicken. No, it was, you know, it was no white person in the history of, you know what? No. He spiced that chicken because that chicken is salty as hell. And it was making KFC, eh? You got it from the house. He may have spiced the chicken, but he did not season it. You know what? He got that recipe from Zoe Saldana. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> from Zoe, from Doja Cat. Rabbits. We could go on. You know what, that's, a, that's a next. Right. Do a part two right? on that. So. I'm ready for that conversation. Let's and do it. He was being nice to them as they were, you know, under his, as he owned them, you know. Mm-hmm. He was being nice right. to them in the house. He treated them like family. He welcomed them into the family. Mm-hmm. You know? Mama got to so, stay in the field, though. I mean, somebody had to. Right, right. So, why are why are y'all like this? And <sighs> even in the discussion of um, the Maude Arbery trial, then we get to Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, I. But that's a, Go ahead. He go cried ahead. on the witness stand. No, he did not cry. He did cry. He did a whole lot of something, but he didn't do a whole lot of crying. That oh. was crying. He he uh, was. What he was doing was convulsing. That's, that was I would look at as convulsing. You almost had a seizure. I you know what? Acting coach was like, you can't cry, but when you try to restrain your laughter, it looks like something. So do that on the stand. You know what he did? He watched a video of white folks trying to dance to dance hall music. And that's what he was trying to mimic. Because, and the look to the glance to the jury to see if they were watching. Yes. Impressive. And he looked like, I tapped on somebody posts on Instagram, he looks like a puckered asshole. That's the fuck you look like, a constipated asshole. He looked like he was passing a big shit. That's what he actually looked like. But you know what? Is it just me? Because when I saw that, did it somehow feel that the judge was kind of leaning towards sympathy towards that guy? Well, there are many things that the judge said and did that lean towards sympathy. Because remember, the judge said that the people who are murdered by a Kyle Rittenhouse cannot be called victims, that they need to be called rioters. So mm. in the pretrial, he said they needed to be called rioters. Also, the judge forgot to turn off the ringer on his phone for part of the trial. The song that played was a song that Donald Trump walks out to at his rallies. Also, Trump's theme music. So yeah. when he walked out at WrestleMania. So there were a number of incidents in which the trial judge pointed out that uh, he's a bigot. So, so I, think, I think then it's safe to say the moral of this story is that he's going to get away with it. Like well, I, think moral, I think the moral of the story is that we need to stop looking to the white man's justice system for black justice. I think that's the moral of the story. So if right. Kyle Rittenhouse, we all know the answer to the story. So if Jermaine, mm-hmm. good, good pastor's mm-hmm. son, mm-hmm. church yeah. boy Jermaine, believe in the body of Christ, yes. takes communion, Glory. drinks off the Welch's juice in the church yes. green room, Amen. eats Amen. the crackers on Sunday, yes. Yes. plays the God's organs, yes. plays Jesus's keyboards in church <laughs> every Sunday. He does, folks. He's actually a musician. <laughs> I, I love how you're going really extensive with this one, but go ahead. Right? Right? Praise is God. Has all the church friends. Goes to Bible study. Well, not as much as I used to, but go ahead. Wants to <laughs> wants to marry a woman who is saved in the blood of Jesus. Amen. You know, no, <laughs> right? So, Jeremy, I'm painting a picture. Right? Does not have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Went to um, 
um, a Blue Lives Matter protest. Of course he did. Okay? Went to a Trump rally. Oh, boy. Right? Because they all love Jesus. <laughs> a lot of black people love... Unfortunately, a lot of black people love Trump. But anyway, that's another... Yeah. So Uncle Germs goes in with a loaded AK-47 mm-hmm. on behalf of Christ <laughs> and then struck down some of God's own people in the name of Jesus, in the name of self-defense, in the name of the Lord. <laughs> I wouldn't say the to tell about it. I was, I was going to say, I good book. Yes, I God's chosen son. Before I will even like reach that, but go ahead. Jermaine <laughs> Morrison, the, pat, the preacher's son. <laughs> Radical son. <laughs> You're laying on this too thick. People are just yeah. like, oh, Mandela. <laughs> Yo, I'm an extra. Yo, you're extra. <laughs> so Jermaine's a Christian. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, okay, thank you for spelling that out. I didn't, I didn't get that. Oh, okay. So if he did that, Mm-hmm. As a dark-skinned black man, what would happen to him? Would he have made it out there alive? Listen, I would have been struck down on the first bullet. Done. He made it in, let alone out. <laughs> because remember, Listen. you had to drive across states to get there. Mm-hmm. And if the there AK-47 were any... in your car, you don't think the police would have stopped you before you left your goddamn neighborhood? And if there were any willow trees at this protest, they would have strung that nigga up. Pardon my. German. No, 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 no. We say nigga on this show. And yeah. also, we would like to do a show on that, on the N-word. Oh, no, this is, that will be a conversation. That's so, going to be a conversation. September, we're, we're just forewarning you, because there is a certain person who is yeah. very opposed. I don't care. I just don't always say it, because it just sounds weird coming from me, mm-hmm. from someone in Mississauga. Um <laughs> I am not a bad man. I live around white people and Indian folks. <laughs> um, um, oh. My puppy scares me every time he opens the door without me knowing. <laughs> I'm done with you, Star. <laughs> I'm just saying I ain't about that life. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair Thanks. enough. Mm. Well, yeah, Jermaine would have got strung up. So in the case of this week's um, segment of this week in Caucasian Caucasity. Fix up, white folks. Please and thank you. We're tired of your shit. Some of y'all are tired of your own shit. We I know this. Talking, I'm not talking to white people. Black people, we need to fix up. Okay. Pocket. Pocket. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say what, what should have happened to him and can still happen to him, but mm-hmm. it can happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. There are solutions to this problem. I mean, there take- are. there's actual. Well, there are ways to reach j- our justice. Hammurabi has a code: eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know what? I mean, if you're gonna be in the system, take advantage of it. I mean, that's just what it is. So I get it. But hey, that was this week's episode in Caucasians and Caucasity, the Week Chronicles. Back to our regular schedule schedule programming. Programming. Yes. Thank you for, for past the germs. Break. Listen. I, well, sorry not to interrupt, but here's the here's the one thing I'm gonna just say. Really, going back to our regular schedule program, yes. and it comes back to this whole overarching theme of really us as 
as as black people where we have not for generations done a great not even a good job of protecting each other and it's yeah. funny because i keep on hearing it's like yo we need to unify around certain things da, 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 da. it's hard to unify when you're still dragging a big whole bag of mess and it's to touch on what Mandela said. If we're allowing, allowing abusers to run free and touch and abuse women and children, mm-hmm. how anti-Black is that allowing it? You're allowing people to harm Black people. Is Thank that you. anti-Black and counter-revolutionary? Thank as- you. And I, I want to talk to Black men. And there's a, there's, a pic, there's a picture and it's like, I believe it's from the 60s and it says, if you're dissing the sisters, you ain't fighting the power. Right. So if you're disrespecting segments of the community, and I'm not even going to go into homophobia and transphobia because, you know what I mean? Let's just, you know what I mean? Let's talk about what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you're allowing abusers to run rampant and abuse people and destroy people, because there are many people who are destroyed by this, who are mentally destroyed. And I'm not, I always say, you know, it's not the cute aesthetic stuff like depression. Some people are mentally destroyed with psychoses and all of these other things because of the abuse that they have experienced. You know what I mean? That's anti-Black as fuck. And when, and I need to say this because there's so many people, women included, you, it's not, and I, this is the thing is it's easy to say a thing. It is often more difficult to do a thing. Do a thing. Like we have a thing called praxis. Practice is your politics in practice. You believe this, but how do you put it in practice? Thank you. So your practice is, practice is here and your politics, they need to reach. The goal is, you know, it's like perfection is, um, you know what I mean? Obviously we can't shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you're still amongst the stars. Yes, you're not gonna become Malcolm X. Only I am Malcolm X's child, but we can still approximate that and get close to that. Mm -hmm. But listen, it is hard. It is hard. It is hard to look an abuser in the face or to Wendell, as you know, to stand up and be like, yo, this is wrong and you are wrong. It's hard to distance yourself from somebody, but because it's hard, doesn't mean that you don't do it. Thank you. I've done it to people that I know and that I like. Right. I know you and I like you, but what you did is fucked up, and therefore I cannot stand by this. I have to distance myself from you. Thank you. you. Some people won't even block somebody to not catch one, two stray jokes on Twitter. You Mm. can't even do that. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when it's an abuser in your family? You let these people run rapid, and they're running around abusing people's children. And abusing women. I'm going to say this. And I'm specifically talking to Black men. Mm -hmm. Basically, everything September said, right? Yep. Black men, we need to fix up. Fix the fuck up, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of you, and even some members of my own family, Mm -hmm. one in particular, Mm -hmm. I don't care how Africa conscious you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you talk about fighting capitalism. Right. I don't care how much you want to mama Africa and greetings and give thanks to the most high. I don't care about your fucking grand risings mm-hmm. and your burning sage and incense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have in my family, seven beautiful young girls, all under the age of 13. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you or us as black men, when you have young women in your family that look up to you or look up to us, the men in our family, because it's all men, there's only one like girl cousin, right? And they see that when there's abuser in the family, what do we do? We push it under the rug. 
we get mad at the person exposing this abuser. We does, doesn't, not only did this person in my family abuse my friend, sexually assault her, he abuses his own mother, okay? Emotionally, mentally. So black men, especially those who are social justice warriors, say they love black women on the outside just to look like they're about that life. Mm-hmm. When you're really not, mm-hmm. you actually turn into white women, into white people. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You've actually turned into a white person. Mm-hmm. You've actually turned into a carrot, mm-hmm. a Chad, a Donald Trump, because you have this lens for you know viewing injustices and you're you're knowledgeable about the system and you know you can run circles around me and talking about capitalism and how that's infected black people and the history of slavery and how women should be protected black women should be protected but when it's one of your own oh no how could you do that mm-hmm. this should be handled in-house not out there so was it not a black woman that was that was assaulted in your own family member's house. You're okay. making some people kind of mad right now, Star. But also, not, how are we, these things handled in house? Right. Do you not? If they handle that. Um, but this is saying, okay, let's handle this in house. How are we going to handle this in house? How do we do right. Because if these were handled in house, they wouldn't have to be handled out the road. So how are these things being handled in house? What happens? Because there are lots of stories of this sexual violence in my family, and those men still come around. Mm-hmm. And these are the I still same see men. them there. These are the same well, men that, right. These are the same men that will say to these women who are assaulted, call them Mama Africa and beautiful Empress. Good girl. I like you. Shut your mouth. You ain't bullshit. You never were bullshit. Stop the front. No, I'm not gonna support your not-for-profit organization. I don't care how many toilets you build in West Africa. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? I don't care if you paint the toilet stalls in the pan-African fucking colors because you don't care about black people, especially black women. And yes, I have the screenshots to show that the toilet houses are painted in the pan-African colors that you built, motherfucker. So shut the fuck up. But you know we need Sorry. to go back to like when I say like somebody had posted a post, it was I was I think it was somebody basically trying to attempt to blame single black moms. They're like, how come men who are raised by single black mothers end up disrespecting single black moms? And I had to go back and like, listen, just like there's a rape culture involved, there's this culture involved that really shits on single black moms. It's the same thing. There is an abuse culture. Rape culture doesn't, rape doesn't continue and flourish simply because of rapists. It's the people who enable them and allow them to go free. It's not just our court systems. It isn't. That's why it's called culture. It's called rape culture. There's the same culture in which violence against women just isn't frowned upon. You know what I mean? There are many artists who do it. Like Kodak Black should not get another track out there. No, he raped his own mom's booty. Look at how long it took for us to dash R. Kelly. Yeah. Look how many artists, and when I talk about yeah. R. Kelly, that's more insidious because it literally was enabling him. Many girls were mm-hmm. able, were, he was able to abuse as much as he did because nobody cared because all they cared was the hit makers. Remember, even when all the accusation came out and people started stepping away, Miss Erica Badu stood up and said that he did more for the Black community than anyone else. And then she went on Twitter talking about teachers who, teachers in high schools who may sexually abuse their students, 
that the girls shouldn't be wearing those skirts and that once a girl reaches a certain age, once they reach 14, well, I can't remember if it's 12 or 14, men are naturally attracted to them. Yeah, these are the voices that allow these things to flourish. that say, you know, what you did is okay, or it wasn't that bad, or I understand why, or I'm just not going to talk about it, not going to bring it up. Right. If there are no like, consequences for actions, why would somebody not do a thing? Like, I, it's so hurtful that people are more concerned with stepping in the name of love than stepping the fuck away from abusers. Right? <laughs> you know how many great songs there are out there? Right? Like, you, you want to. Amazing songs. You want to hear the mix up of being trapped in the closet while people are literally, women are literally having to hide in fucking closets away from their abusers. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis did it in Halloween. Mm. Michael Myers. Well, were coming you, think of, you know what I mean? When we think of larger scale and celebrities, I mean, Chris Brown, did, you know what I mean? He ain't going to stop. Even when we think of Sean Penn, mm-hmm. remember Sean Penn tied Madonna into a chair and beat her with a baseball bat. And oh, whoa, whoa, what? That's what really? Sean did. Michael Fassbender had his wife out of the car window dragging her, broke her kneecap. So we can talk about a lot of celebrity men who have faced zero consequences for any of their actions. Sean Connery. Even when we think okay. about a person like Jay-Z, who alleged, you know what I mean, who apparently was messing with, like his history of hitting women and having sexual relationships with women far younger than him. Even when we think of Nas, uh, Khalees' accusations, did that yeah. even cause a ripple? Yeah. I, I stopped listening to Nas. Yeah, I don't, I don't listen to Nas. And the boy with the chip tooth, I thought that man was fine. And then I found out who he, then I learned who he actually was and I just can't see it for him anymore. There are lots of people like that. But it literally goes on. But you know, it does come back to the fact that at the, at the base, it's just more so people's attitudes towards women, period, in general. Yeah. That, yeah. Breeds, that breeds the type of behavior and the attitude where women are viewed as basically punching bags for all intents and purposes. It's, it's, it's a shame because, again, you, you pretty much alluded to this where it's like we say one thing, but it's the practice part that we're not doing. Yes. Right? And it's just all for show. It is because, again, we say it's, 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 it's performative. At yeah. the end of the day, everything yeah. that, that well, we're remember, there is, it's interesting. There is enough shame involved in not retweeting a hashtag, but not enough shame involved in being a piece of shit. Right. You know what I mean? Thank so you. if you don't have Black Lives, you don't actually have to do it. You just, the performance is enough for so much people. Mm-hmm. It, it appeases the, the masses, so to speak, right? A lot of people, and there's, I've seen, like, I literally sit here and watch abusers do these things, and I just have to chuckle to myself, and people know. And you know what I mean? We can talk about Andre Demise and the allegations against him of domestic violence. And then when He's he a Toronto charged, journalist, everyone. Yeah. And then when he was charged with those things, he then goes and hires Django Meshi's lawyer, and then he yeah. ends up getting out of that. And there was never any community accountability. No one ever stepped away from him. So, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, the, the, the whisper network has a lot of names of men on it. And sometimes those whispers become roars and nobody cares because it's inconvenient and it makes people uncomfortable. And you need to be like, listen, one of the things when I decided that I, when I decided to be like, yo, you got a lot of unlearning to do, girl. A lot of learning and unlearning was being comfortable with and not comfortable, but learning to just exist in a state of being uncomfortable and being wrong. Very hard to do. Learning to be like, I don't know, or I was wrong. Very hard to do. And it's not to say that I feel comfortable doing it. I'm just better able to do it, but I don't feel good about it. We need to become, we need to accept that that's part of what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also understand the betrayal with the Jiren Gomeshi thing. One of the things I really appreciated, one of his friends said, Jermaine, he said, Django Meshi is my friend, 
and he abused those women. A lot of people said he, oh, he abused those women, but he's my friend. No, no, he abused those women, and he is he's friend. my friend. Yeah. So, so, since we're name dropping, I use some allegedly's. Allegedly. Oh, here we go. The lawyer who threatened black people check in. I don't give a fuck because what can he do, right? <laughs> Um, unfortunately, he has the last name of my favorite Jamaican dancehall dancer. Ana <laughs> Bogle, the best dancer to ever do it. So if y'all want to do your, your Googles, I'm pretty sure you can find out who this Black criminal defense lawyer in his early 40s, who has his own law firm and is very well known in the community, was the last name of my favorite dancer, in Jamaica, rest in peace, dancer Bogo, <laughs> who he is. So in, I will reiterate, September will reiterate, instead of reaching out to Black people checking for support, yes, he was right to correct our statement. No, but you can correct and be like, hey, you know, I'm so really disappointed to hear of these allegations, blah, blah, blah. However, this is not the connection. That's the correct thing. There was right. never any distancing. There was never any, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Sympathy, just like you said, Mandela, nobody asked her, well, is she okay? That's never yeah. the question. Nobody no. asks, are you okay? Um, everybody's only views about self. And that was what was really bothersome. Yeah, like he's more concerned about his own career, but I've heard he has his own issues to deal with within the legal community. So karma will get his ass. Yeah. We don't care. From black people check in kindly. Sok Yamada. That is from me, Mandela. <laughs> okay, I'm saying it, not Jermaine, not September, not any one of your former clients. Me, Mandela. So come chat to me if you have words. Holla. Okay, so here's my thing. And I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to at least make this comment because I know somebody that will be listening to this will always make this statement around the long lines of, well, what about those people that make the quote-unquote false accusations to try to, you know, get back at somebody? You know, I, I can mean? speak to that. <clears throat> go ahead, September. Go, go ahead, September. If you look at, first of all, I'd like to say, first of all, mm-hmm. getting a conviction for rape is extremely difficult to do and very, very rare. Yeah. Number one, the percentage of um, false accusations are about, I think they said it like 0.01%. Like they're so minuscule that there really isn't, you know what I mean? It does happen, mm-hmm. but they're so minuscule that they're not often. Oftentimes when people make those accusations, they're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. That's why you should just default. And that's the thing is, I listen to people. Yep. Oftentimes when people bring up these accusations, the first thing that people do is tell them that it didn't happen. They're not lying. What did you do? Et cetera, et cetera. Nobody just listens. Mm -hmm. The default is always it's not true because it's a lie. More often than not, it is true. Then it is a lie. So yes, to those people who say that, um, the percentage is very, very small. It's very, very minuscule. People are missing. Just because you see these high profile cases where nothing really happens anyways. Um, CeeLo... Um, he got off with paying some money and issuing an apology because he drugged a woman. He um, admitted to it too, no? Yes, he did admit to it. And he also, and even in, he admitted to it and he said, how can it be rape if she couldn't say no? Yep, I remember that. <laughs> you see, that's, mm, that's, that's literally, that is literally it. If you can't say no, you can't say yes. Mm-hmm. Literally, you know what I mean? And if you drug somebody for the purpose of having sex with them without their consent, it's, I just feel like it's very clear cut, mm-hmm. which is interesting why his version of Baby It's Cold Outside well, very phenomenal is also very cringeworthy. 
especially the part when Christina Aguilera says, "What's in this drink?" Oh, wow. mm. you know, it's, it's amazing how artists like to really put it out there. Like they're basically hidden in plain sight. Well, R. Kelly <laughs> called himself the Pied Piper of R and B. Yo, listen, Damn. when I tell you, nothing I stopped, but a number. Yo, listen, like there's many of those things, but it's funny how again, and this kind of comes back to accountability within our community. We literally try to lift up somebody even though they're like probably one of the worst human beings ever but it's it's because it's like people like r kelly and people who have done well that we almost cling to because in some weird way it lifts up the status of the black community in general but that's also so nonsensical because all of that is just catering to the white gaze anyways the same thing when you uh, mandela said oh we're talking to white people i don't talk to white people because i don't care none of my business <laughs> I'm about black people. I literally don't care. I don't yeah. care about changing your heart and mind because it's irrelevant. I care about black people, period. So yeah. in terms of we don't like it because like, oh, well, what will white people think? Who cares? Who cares? Right. Thank you. Who cares? I'm You're literally right. black upliftment. And we can say, and you know what I mean? I think it's beneficial for us to be able to have these conversations and for everybody in our community to feel supported and safe. Is that not important? Well, it's a human, it's a, it's a human thing to do. That's the thing. It's a human thing to do. Me as a human being have to feel safe in whatever um, space that I'm in and shouldn't be uh, like pretty much subjected to any type of abuse, man or woman. And I shouldn't have to be like the only place I feel like I'm in a safe space is when I'm around black women. That's nonsensical. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, where I don't have to worry about being touched inappropriately, blah, 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 blah. Seeing an abuser and people's hugging him and everybody know, <clears throat> knows he's done those things and nobody's reacting. But like you said, Jermaine, I think one of the things um, that is beneficial for people who have been victims of violence against women, intimate partner violence, sexual violence, is to understand that these things, they don't know any race, class, or gender. Mm -hmm. It happens to rich white women. It happens to poor black women. Yep. It happens to street and fall trans women. It happens to us all. Yep. Um, of course, you know what I mean? My concern is Black people because first, foremost, and last. Um, yeah, black. But I think we do the misogyny of it all and also the prevalence of it all because we remember, um, can't remember what his name was, a police officer and the women that he used to rape were Black street-involved women. And he did that because he said himself because no one would care about them. That he would be able to do this to them because no one would care. Right. Yeah. They know what they're doing when they when they do these things. They know it's not that, an accident. No, no, not at all. No, it isn't. It's like when white women call the police on black people. They know what they expect the police to do to us. Very so when when they all mm -hmm. claim ignorant or they want to learn more, y'all know because mm -hmm. they'll be doing this shit to us in the workplace. Hell yeah, it's playing Emmett Till. Right, and Emmett Till is still happening. Yeah, yep. mm -hmm. and the lady right. just admitted. She just admitted a few years ago. She just admitted she lied because Emmett Till's sister's dress was prettier than hers. Mm -hmm. So she got the girl's brother murdered. Mm. She admitted it. Yeah, and of course, right. statute of limitations means that nothing can be, so nothing can be done with her within the legal system. Right. Um, but back to this point, I just you know what I mean. There's, it's it's really upsetting how deep, how ingrained this are, but we need, what I think is beneficial is 
I'm not really interested in discussions because people say, oh, incest happens more, incest and pedophilia happen more in Black communities. That's simply not true. Not true. It's not true and it's not helpful. Um, we need to watch Silence of the Lambs? Huh? I said, has anyone watched Silence of the Lambs? Like, Anybody yeah. watch white people? Right. <laughs> like, just watch white people. You don't see how Donald is with his daughter and Woody, Woody Allen? you know honestly, that that type of thing just sounds like black on black violence type of thing where it's black like on black violence does not exist right reverse colorism does not exist yeah. reverse racism does not exist do not come for me and we have to right. realize crime is about proximity always so crime is also intraracial the Thank majority you. of rapes of black women are by black men, just like the majority of rapes of white women are by white men. It's because that's who are close and in community with. So we do not do it more than other people do. We do not do it. That's not true. Um, and focusing on that derails us from finding a solution for our issues. And we really do need to hit at patriarchy, misogyny, and women as property, as chattel. Um, and that's where we go to do the work of kind of dis deconstructing and destroying this mm-hmm. yeah Correct. and that's Correct. part of the reason why like boy i could never date a white woman again you know mm. what i mean just because oh is number one it's dangerous not necessarily because of necessarily her well yeah she could be dangerous too, yes but mm-hmm. because of the family right say Jermaine brings home a nice little italian girl my, my parents would take why an, an Italian girl from Scarborough. <laughs> oh, them ones. Right? Oh, God. So, for all those that don't know, Scarborough is a very huge um, Caribbean slash Black population. And even the white folks in Scarborough pretend to be Black. Mm-hmm. That's where we get that from. So, so to her, you have her maybe hair slicked down, a high ponytail. Right. The, 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 the bead. Yo, I'm just gonna say Scarborough is the foundation of where all these Drakeisms come from. Yes, That's thank you. No. Yeah. And Caribbean culture, specifically Jamaican culture, but we'll get into where that. Drake later. learned how to be black. Thank you. So <laughs> to, to, to her, to, to Sophia Soprano, germs could be the good Christian boy who has good beliefs. But to her mom, sorry, to her mom, Francesca, and to Tony, he's Jigaboo Jones. And her grandmother and everybody who sees them walking down the street together. Oh, no, he's, he's a nigga. Straight. Jigaboo Germs. Jigaboo Germs. Tap dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Jigaboo Germs. I like the alliteration. <laughs> oh, you actually, yeah, he did the dance. <laughs> oh. He shot his <laughs> Germs. <laughs> I we mean, this on I, video. yo, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm germs that came, came from high school called Moet, which used to be called Mo White. And that's actually fact. So, I might as well put, I might as well put on blackface just, just to add a little something extra, you know what I mean? Like a like did? I, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Actually, Beyonce did it too, so. Mm. Yo, I'm sorry. So, 
whenever September comes on, he's going to introduce Jermaine as Jigaboo No, don't. No, man. No, man. That's not my lad life, man. No. Neither of course, you can make a gif of it. <laughs> With the dance in the chair. For, exactly, for Black History Month. <laughs> and we have, when we go to, if we, you know, if the Afrocentric school invites us, we have to yep. play the minstrel music. Yeah. Oh, and, and then when Jermaine comes out for his talk. <laughs> no, he's do the dance on the way out. Sorry. Oh, man. But, yo, you guys are, you guys are wrong. But, even coming back to that example, right? Like, if I'm coming coming with, like, a white girlfriend and all that type of stuff. Dancing and running through the threshold on your wedding day. Yo, get out of here, guys. <laughs> Stop that. The mental images. Oh, all right, now, now I feel like I'm being traumatized here, yo. Like, you first bring her to your church? Yes, sir. There's a lot of, there's a lot of prayer that has to happen, but I'll just yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Massa. It's Daisy. Why am I laughing so hard? <laughs> I said, no, it's an image. I'm sorry. Yo, guy, I'll just say, no, um, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have danced. I really shouldn't have danced. You really should have. No, you walked no, away. So you shucked and drive, drove, drive away. Yo, that was my second dive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As you ah, okay, I'm good. Good. <laughs> What's your example now? Yes. You don't even remember. <laughs> I know. <sighs> Back to the serious topic of head about violence women. Um, it's just so pervasive. Mm-hmm. It's so pervasive. But I will say this strides are being made. It's not as out in the open as it was before. You know what I mean? More is whispered about, but it's still happening. And those percentages and those numbers and those statistics are very high. It's like an article, um, this man, you know what I mean? This woman she's in, they love to call it a bitter custody battle or a a bad divorce. Um, Mm. And the man took the child and he killed the child and himself. Um, So even though we talk about this, Mm. we also need to realize people die. Kids die, women Women die. Yeah. Right, they don't die, they are murdered. Right. Murdered. Right. You know what I mean? And so we just even if Thanksgiving, it happened and it received no news. And that's the thing is the news doesn't really care about this. A woman, um, she was murdered by her boyfriend. She was pregnant. Her and the baby are dead and she leaves behind three children. Um, it was the Kenyan her, athlete. Huh? The Kenyan athlete, the Olympian the that Kenyan was stabbed. Like these happen. Remember Oscar Pistorius? He murdered his yes. wife. He's up for parole. Yeah, he was up for parole. Yeah. 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 These things go on and on and on. These things happen. I mean, just the other day, was it who's the one who's dating Saweetie? Um, Quavo. No, no, it wasn't Quavo. It's um, it was after Quavo. Um, Offset. No, that's 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 Cardi B. Takeoff. No, Quavo. Quavo and Saweetie. Yeah. I thought she was dating someone else. No, it was Quavo. Okay. I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. And then we saw the image of him hitting her in the elevator. Oh, I didn't even just catch that. Yeah. Well, Did he drag her out too? Who cares? Because who cares? Why? Of course he didn't catch it because who cares? Mm, okay, a woman got hurt. Who cares? Yeah. Because yeah. It's, but it's part of the culture. Yeah, so who cares? Okay, she got hit. So who cares? Yeah. And everybody's laughing because he took the Bentley away that he gave her and he put a line to the song about her. Oh, she clapped back, but who even cares because her career? It's just a joke. You abuse your girlfriend, it's just a joke. There are many stories. I can right. go on and on. Right. So many celebrities, they do it and it doesn't, 
they don't lose a cent. They don't lose a cent. This no. bad behavior doesn't resort. It doesn't result in any. It doesn't matter. Well, it's interesting you say that. Let's even go back to the whole Tory Lanez, you know, Megan Thee Stallion uh, situation. Oh right? God, yeah, he shot right. her. Right. Remember another person say we don't know what happened in that car. Really? I'm my mind. Bullet okay, holes? but we don't know what happened, but we do know that she was shot by him. Yes. But it's funny because for even even for a split second while all this was going on, the amount of support. Yes, there was support for for um for Megan, but there was a significant amount of support for 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 um. I was going to say Tony Robo, but no, Tori uh, Lanez. Tori Lanez. But of course there was massive support for her because she has a lot of fans. That's why there was support for her. Yeah. It's not because people were like, what he did was wrong or what he did was awful. It was because she has a lot of fans. But he's not canceled and he should be. Like, But that's what I'm saying. That's he's the doing just fine. He's literally shot a black woman in her foot. Right. But okay. But let's just be real. Because for anybody that knows Tori Lanez, and I'll say this because I have a friend of mine that actually like plays for him, right? Fuck and, star. <laughs> and and really for the most part like he has been having these type of behaviors for mm-hmm. the longest while i remember actually watching a video he's a brampton man what do you expect i mean yes he's up all up in his feelings and he's also five foot nothing but whatever that's a different thing mm. but i remember him literally jumping off the stage and this was in toronto right a couple summers ago he jumped off the stage because i guess some guy was interrupting or whatever he literally jumped off the stage, fist the man a couple of times, and then got back up, up on stage. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. He's out of his mind. But the pull complex. But also, like, like you said, this violence, and like I said, there's lots of it, this undercurrent of violence. We know it and we just don't care. Right. Even what happened with Fabulous and his girl. And he was yeah, he waving the, the gun her. and all of that stuff. He pulled a knife on serious. her father. Yep. <laughs> That's not serious. <laughs> yeah, but we keep bumping their music and making them rich and enabling them to continue to do these things. But so, that, so, that, so that brings me to my next point. So guys, I know this has been the topic that we've been talking about has kind of been um, September and I have both shared our stories. We've been giving little anecdotes along the way. So I'm going to give you an anecdote which ties back into everything that we've been talking about right now so after the outing of my family member victor quote unquote um his brother who i'm very close with like a brother to me or i was very close with um came to my house wanting to speak with me on all peaceful tip this was the day after i cussed out his mom my aunt for supporting her son her sexual abuser son i feel like i know and- <laughs> no. Well, sort maybe. So he attributed my other cousin, my the abuser's brother, attributed mm. to what I was doing. He attributed what I was doing to cancel culture, which to me was completely disgusting. Uh-huh. He, he again did not even ask how the girl was doing. He didn't, he even said he didn't care about the young lady from New York. He wanted to know is anything he can do if any if anything that he can do so i wouldn't move forward with exposing though what happened with the girl in new york wasn't even to my friend wasn't even on top of his mind so which disgusted me right away so which brings me to the next point of cancel culture to me there's no such thing Mm -hmm. there are consequences for your actions thank you so i also feel like it's 
cancel culture was a term that was brought up by by, by white folks. Yes. The Caucasians, mm-hmm. especially powerful white male abusers who have been doing abusing people for decades, centuries, right? Mm. They've been doing all this shit in the dark. Abusers are finally speaking up. They don't want to atone for their actions. They don't want to face the consequences. So they cry cancel culture. Oh, the cancel culture mob. We're seen as the woke left. Parodies are being done about the woke left on WWE television. For those who don't know, that's professional wrestling. Um, shout out to WWE, though. Shout out to WWE, but fuck them at the same time. We're in a love-hate relationship. <laughs> well, listen, I understand. Right. So that's a different conversation, though. <laughs> um, Bianca Belair is good, good internet. But anyways. <laughs> but cancel culture does not exist and we have to get away from this notion of cancel culture when we no, so what canceling right. who's so-called being canceled how many netflix specials and podiums are you going to get to and because this is the thing social media has allowed marginalized people to look their abusers in their face and have a voice before then you didn't have a voice no one heard Thank you. you so it gives us an opportunity to merely be heard we Thank still you. hold no power i can't do anything to you I can't make you lose your job. I can't make you pay me back. I can't make you lose your house. Your, I can't make I can't make you get deported. I can't do any of those things. All you have, people just know what you did to me. Right. Some people, that's all that it is. And honestly, guess what? If you did lose your job in your house and got deported, then that's exactly what you damn well deserve. I'm sorry, but for every action, there was, there was an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. You did something. And I remember there's a friend that I used to have. His name is Angrian. And he always used to be so gruff and he used to love getting on his nerves. And then one day, but he wouldn't say anything. He's just like, ah, you know what I mean? And then one day he said, it's like, remember, you are going to have to pay for this. All of this is going on your tab. You may not have to pay today or tomorrow, but you will eventually okay. have to pay. Yep. And that's what happens. Lots of people, there are people from World War II and all of these horrible, awful people. Yes, I don't care if you're 90 years old. Today is your day to pay. Yep. Today you pay. Your tab, Thank it's you. time to pay your tab. So I don't care if Bill Cosby's 80 something years old. No, he has to pay. Today you need to pay. Mm-hmm. And no, because he wasn't going to buy in decades, These women had to live in fear because that's the thing is I remember, you know what I mean? With what happened to me, it was really awful. Like my ex, he canceled. I was living in our apartment. He canceled the lease without me knowing two weeks before my supposed move out day. I find out I have to leave. Me and my son almost ended up in a shelter. Then he moves into our house, which is like a 15 minute walk from my workplace. He would be waiting outside the subway station across the street from my kid's school. He was everywhere. So I literally had to live in fear of seeing this person. He was a victim or a survivor of violence. You live in fear. Like me and Mandela talked about, you're in my dreams. You're literally in my head. I can hear your voice telling me that I'm an awful mother. These people live in fear and finally you'll catch little one, two lash for the things that you did. I don't feel sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't feel sorry. Yeah. And if karma decided that in your old age that you should get dealt with, that's your problem. And the Thank other you. issue is a lot of these women are not even asking. A lot of women or a lot of victims or a lot of survivors are not asking for you to be punished or for money. They're simply asking for you to acknowledge what you've done, acknowledge that you were wrong and say you're sorry. And these people can't even do that. Thank you. And you know what? I, you don't even have, I remember I told one guy, who did, I'm like, you don't even have to mean it. Please just say it. And he wouldn't say it. He's like, I know I really hurt you. What I did was wrong. And I would do it again if I had the chance. 
That's important. I was like, you don't even have to mean it. Just say it. I just, well, I just need to hear you say it. That the reality is, there's a lot of guys that are crazy like that, unfortunately. Yeah. And like going back earlier, I said cancel culture doesn't exist. You know what? I was thinking when September was talking, cancel culture kind of does exist, but not in the way y'all think. So let me give you an example. When black people talk about racism or speak up about racism in the workplace or push back, we get fired, we get canceled. When we speak about racism on social media to our friends, they cut us off. We motherfucking get canceled, right? We get ostracized. When I lash out about racist white people or racist people in the dance community, people don't want me going to get going to dance socials in the Latin dance community. At a conference. That that is cancellation. At a conference, I likened white feminism to the ladies' arm of the KKK. (laughs) One of the women who was extremely (laughs) offended by that told everybody she knew at the CBC not to hire me. I used to be a journalist. So I never, there are a lot, I never actually got a staff job as a journalist. So I was canceled for speaking out about racism. Right. You know I mean, when, like I said, man, when I, I didn't even speak out about the domestic violence I experienced. My ex was like, just in case you were thinking about it, I'm going to sue you if you say anything. I was silenced and I was canceled. Yeah. What happened to Mandela? They attempted to silence and cancel you. So no, yeah. marginalized people and victims and survivors are silenced all the time. So that is And the I was silenced. For months, I didn't say anything to anybody. I kept yeah. on going on like everything was okay. Because I was just like, I can't afford to be sued. I don't even have nothing. You're gonna, I have nothing, and I, I don't want to end up with less than nothing. Right. I was silenced. And the shame so- and the stigma silenced me further until I decided that this shame isn't mine to carry. And I'm going to keep talking about it everywhere, and I'm not going to be quiet about it. Yep. Where every, so every circle that you go to, it's going to be, say, I'll call him, we'll call him Basil. It's going to say <laughs> Basil, comma, and it's going to talk about his... BA and his BN and his MA. And then it's also going to have another comma that says DV or DA for domestic abuser. Everywhere you go, I want that to follow you. Yes. Thank you. I carry it with me. I carry it with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. I have to carry, this is my life. I have to carry this with me for the rest you of my life. You have to carry that trauma. Yeah. Yep. For the and rest this, of my life. And that is the cancellation that Black people face. What we are talking about, Black people, even other minorities, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but for the, this conversation's sake, even other minorities, they are silenced. They're, we're called racist, we're called spreading hate. But now what we want- when Playing we the black want card. To, playing the black, the race card. The race oh, card. Um, I heard a black person say that recently, but whatever. Um, but what sure. we want is we want accountability. We want consequences of your racist or abusive behavior. That's not council culture. That's accountability. That's consequences. And as Roxanne we want said. restorative justice. We're Thank not you. asking for you to be tarred and feathered. You know what I mean? We want restoration. Oh, tar and feathered. Tarred. You know what I mean? But sometimes we don't even want that. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just, listen, we just want this to stop. We just want some restorative justice to take place. You know what I mean? We're thinking progressively. We don't want to have to involve the police. Let's just deal with this amongst the black community. There are ways to deal with these things and we don't even get that. And it's really frustrating when these things happen and they're known people within the activist community and a lot of the things that we profess to believe in and we protest about, et cetera, et cetera. We don't do it when these conflicts happen. And I remember somebody who literally works in a kind of 
revolutionary black she does um lectures and speaking engagements and workplace workshops and makes a lot of money um on like a lot of restorative justice stuff and conflict resolution who kind of was like uh uh uh-uh. okay but you can make money off of this but this isn't actually where your politics are thank you um, <clears throat> i see it oftentimes and it's really disappointing you know for such to see such vocal people sudden suddenly turn quiet like church mouse yep. you know what i mean mm-hmm. oh i have a friend who is an educator in the Toronto Catholic District School Board, a white girl, well, sorry, former friend, right? She's actually, we're not gonna name drop, but she's actually the sister of the van, the face of the van attack victim. Oh, for real? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was close friends with, not her sister, I, I think I only met her sister once. Um, yeah, the van attack happened in 2018. And the face, Google her, she was the face of the attack, right? They used her. So my friend was all about social justice. You go to her house, you see books like the new Jim Crow and Nelson Mandela books. I think there might even have been a Malcolm X autobiography of Malcolm X on her thing, right? Mm-hmm, right. Okay. And this is why a lot of people don't believe in white allies. She starts dating this black person i was gonna say like he yeah go ahead i feel like she doesn't doesn't date white guys right she's an educator all of a sudden she turns into vaccine conspiracy theorists and lo and behold in conversation Mm -hmm. she said that why did george floyd's of course case get more press than her sister why is he more deserving he was a criminal yeah that was the only thing that she said that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that she said not the only thing Mm -hmm. and from that i cut her off and so you play ally in public you post black Lives matter you post your orange t-shirt or you wear your orange t-shirt you know you you buy these books you pretend to be woke but all of a sudden george floyd is a criminal you're anti-blm all you know the tropes the writers the criminals the thugs you tell your family that your boyfriend is not the typical jamaican so don't worry where have i heard that where have we heard that (laughs) she's she's prominent in the dance community too but i'm not going to name drop her but when she hears but that's also the reason why i do not believe in allies i don't i don't even entertain those things and that's why i always you know what i mean and we've spoken about this before i've talked about this before and how i like to speak about global anti-blackness or systemic anti-blackness rather than speaking on white supremacy because anti-blackness has deep historical centuries long roots in so many other uh, groups and cultures. Correct. Um, but it's really, we're always the mammies and we're always the people being used. You know what I mean? We're always used always. whether people want to be cool or you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whether they want to um, jump our labor, even our activism labor. You know what I mean? Like Black Lives Matter, so many people have riffed off of that um and it's just really frustrating when this you know what i mean these people are going to gain so many opportunities off of their proximity to blackness that we could never be able to get simply for being black yeah and it's really kind of hurtful to look at a tragedy and compare to another tragedy and try to minimize another tragedy right like i was at the 
open and the Vatican cast- got lots of like attention. Like there's a woman who Girl? she's an Ethiopian woman and she just died from her wounds from the van attack. And that yeah, was her. that one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it got it was all over the place. Yeah, I was at the open casket viewing of her sister, right? With the family and everything. Like I know who the family is and whatnot. Yeah. Um, like I was there and you know, like they wanted to start, they have a foundation, you know, it helps violence against women, domestic abuse, all of that. But these are the sentiments that they hold, not just her, but her entire family. Yeah. Right? And it also makes you think, like you said, so they're only down for the good Blacks? Only the so good Blacks. So many people are. So many people are, and that's where these things, that's where we've noticed, even with Mike Brown and so many other people, you know what I mean? Where if you've, you've got to be the perfect Black victim in order to garner any kind of sympathy or support. Yeah. Right. You have um, to be role model. That's yeah. why they had to talk about, you know what I mean? Then they had to talk about, oh, um, was it aviation camp that Trayvon had gone to? Then they I was going to mention that. Photos of him posing with a hoodie and doing gun fingers and gang signs. and yep. You know what I mean? You've got to be the perfect victim. Um, Even Eric Garner. And to bring it back to what we're talking about, it's the same thing with domestic violence. You've got to be the perfect victim. You have to be. And what we don't understand about domestic violence is very murky. And I often think about um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And they're like, oh, well, she hit him. She bit him. There's a thing that abusers do. Um, It's well known. It's well studied where they goad the victim. To doing that. Hitting them Mm -hmm. to justify the abuse. Mm -hmm. They can also use these stories to tell people to sow um, confusion about the violence that they did. And so even I saw a woman who's so against violence against women and she was in a similar situation. Like she was the child. Like she's like, oh, my mom's situation is so much like your situation when I had to live with with my father. And then to hear her say, oh, well, I think in the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp situation, they were both abusers. No, he's an abuser. And it's interesting. He's a textbook abuser. But so many people know so little about domestic violence. Um, And I just think like there have been so many push. Like I think about recycling. I'm old. And I remember when recycling first became a thing, when they were really pushing, they just came up with the blue thing and the arrows going around, reduce, reduce, recycle. Mm-hmm. And they really pushed it with kids. And oftentimes they do it because kids will go home and then teach their parents. So there's a big public thing, of course, posters for everybody, but they really drum it home with the children. We're seeing this with so many other things. And I think that intimate partner violence, like imagine is, you know what I mean, Jermaine as an educator, if this was something that was taught in schools. Because a lot of, and that's the other thing that they notice that girls, I think 12 to 14 are also victims of intimate partner violence. They they don't know what they're experiencing is violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine if this education, like if I understood what it was younger, it wouldn't have happened to me so many times. Yeah, they didn't, they would have a, well, even now it's like trying to develop the language around that experience. And it's like, what is, because you already kind of alluded to that, like earlier in our conversation, right? And it is important even with, with our kids, it's like, they have to understand what is appropriate, what is, and what it looks like and what the actual words are, you know? And we're doing so much of that with consent. Um, it's really yeah. great to see kids really like even there was a there's a soca song where the guy asked, is that is that he's like, is that your wallet there on the floor? Bend over and pick it up. So I'm watching dishes and I'm dancing along. And then my son's like, Mom, wait, isn't that rape? Uh, but he, to say, uh, he was younger, but he's like, but he tricked her into bending over and picking something up so he could dance on her. So no, it wasn't, you know, what I mean, it was but he understood he's doing something that's wrong. 
That's right. not consent and you don't trick people and you need, he understood it. And mm. so that's even, and that's the thing is like for me, especially having a son, like even when he was a kid and we used to play fight, that was when I first introduced consent. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to stop now. And like, I know you really want to keep play fighting, but that doesn't mean that you can just keep going. Exactly. So put in your head, there's going to be times where you're really not going to want to stop and you still need to stop. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, and stop means immediately. Pause. Yes. Can we take a minute to appreciate and shout out September for doing the fucking work with her son? Give her a fucking black people check in, rating, big off. This is what the work entails. Black people, our community, especially in Toronto, but abroad. Mm-hmm. September, what September just outlined is what we all need to be doing with our sons. Kids. Yep. Yep. Our sons are kids. Them. Let them know what it looks like. Yep. Yes. Point it all the time. Like, Even in movie. Yes, thank you. We, we say yes, um, protect our daughters, but we need to teach our sons this shit. So yep. thank you for yep. doing that and teaching him. And now that he realizes that, it's going to stick, literally, it's going to stick with him. Years ago, we've just had a thing where he was talking about a friend who keeps going up to girls and asking for hugs. And so I broke that down too. I'm like, and that's not good because he's putting girls on the spot and force putting him in the situation where they don't really have a choice, but to say yes to something they may not be cool with and talked about how that's not okay. Um, And a lot of, you know what I mean? There's a lot of ways that it looks. Consent is a lot of things. And even yes, hugs. Don't force kids to hug people. And yeah, Boys, don't be walking around asking girls for hugs so no. you can peel up on their breasts and their goddamn butts. You don't ask them in front of people to force them into doing something that they don't want to do and that you know very well they don't want to do. You know what? Because in, in the Kizomba community, in the Kizomba community, um, September, you know what's an intimate dance and there are yes. stupid motherfuckers. And I hear this from the women in the dance community in Toronto, in the Kizomba dance community. Even salsa too, even though salsa and bachata aren't as close that men are pressing up themselves on purpose. Yes, you are supposed to dance close, but it's with the consent of the woman, right? Dancing is all about consent. So when I hear stories about men pressing women's breasts closer or trying to feel upside boob Mm -hmm. as an excuse to say, oh, I'm just putting my arm around. No, that's not what the dance is about. Kizomba is actually a family dance from Angola. Young kids do Kizomba. Old people do Kizomba, right? So what you're saying, consent is everything. And women shouldn't have to go out to dance a night where a place where they think is a safe space to be rubbed upon and felt upon by some, some motherfucking weirdo. Mm -hmm. So good for you for teaching your son consent, yo. Yo, guy, this has been an intense, but I love it. We actually should have actually put a disclaimer to say, yo, honestly, along this line, trigger warning. Trigger warning. So we apologize. We'll do that in the. We'll 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 do that in the caption. Well, I'll write the caption. Yeah. Because uh, yes. Jermaine don't do no work, but that's okay. Shut your face. <laughs> yeah, definite content warnings. Um, but yes, consent. And you know what? I'd like. I just feel like you know what I mean. We're learning so much more about consent, what it looks like, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just want to make sure that we're all continuing to be learners and continuing to have those conversations. There's so many ways that I'm learning about consent in so many different areas, whether it's in sexual relationships, whether it's in friendships, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Even I love when a friend is like, do I have capacity for some tough conversations? Mm -hmm. I love getting that. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, do you have the spoons to hear what I'm going to tell you? Or, you know what I mean? There's so many ways that we can practice consent in our lives. Right. Um, and that we just need to continue learning and continue doing things. We can't be going around hurting people. No. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many ways we can teach kids consent. Um, and respecting boundaries on top of it. Yeah. Respecting. Absolutely. We need to respect, especially Caribbean people. We need to learn how to respect other people's boundaries, not just in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, into, like, um, but friendships, family dynamics. Yeah. And please stop with the notion of enabling and protecting family under the guise of telling family business. Yep. Right? That's the type of business that gets aired out. Air that dirty laundry. Put it on the put it in the front yard. Thank you. Especially if the abuser abuses someone that is not in your family. Mm-hmm. But the abuse happens in your family home, like as the case with me, right? Like September in your case, you know what I mean? You're but even survivor. in my case, I later found out afterwards somebody that I knew who knew mm-hmm. him knew that he had been abusive to an ex-girlfriend. Absolutely. But I only found this after the relationship. That would yep. be valuable information to know. Um, right. and I'd also like to say, like some a lot of my friends later said, you know what? I felt like something was going on but I didn't know how to broach the topic. So now knowing what you go through, it doesn't matter how difficult I think broaching the topic is, I'm going to reach out to a friend that I think is going to be abused. So I would like to say we are all learning. So I don't want to shit on everybody because it's hard. We don't know what to do. What do I do? If I think my friend is being abused, what do I do? What do I say? Mm -hmm. Um, But just like we Google the foss in people's business, Google to figure out what to do. Thank you. And black men don't turn into white women when it comes to abuse of black women especially or broke or, or especially dark-skinned women mm-hmm. right um we need to speak up on these issues because a lot of these people especially on my facebook who you know do the work in the community or whatever they were silent mm-hmm. right they were silent they they didn't say nothing they didn't reshare but oh black this pro-black that you're not pro-black you're anti-black as september said earlier mm-hmm. and when the day after that it was posted on my personal Facebook, someone that went to school with my first cousin messaged me, mm-hmm. said, she's a social worker, said she was shocked. But she also said she had seen a social media post about my cousin with a similar story years back. Mm-hmm. And that's when she knew that my, that my story was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? We all went to the same elementary school, me, this girl, my cousin, all of that. So... September. A lot of women came forward when I posted. A, a lot. lot of women, they said either they knew him or thanks for sharing. Like it was, but it was really bothersome that it was women. Um, I think maybe it was one man who mm-hmm. said something, but it was mostly women and it can't be just women looking out for women. And again, if, if y'all want to know who this person is, check out Black People Check in Twitter and Instagram. It's still up. The post is not going anywhere. Um, despite threats from his legal team, um, his lawyer associate, uh, Mr. Bogle. It's going to stay there. It's going to yeah. stay there. We're not going to be intimidated. We're putting our profiles public. We're not going to run scared anymore. We're not going to be silenced. September, keep doing what you're doing. We love you. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing your story. I love you like Dan Tal and somebody waistline in affect. Uh, oh, why did you have to say fed i'm about to tear up it's been, uh, it's been too long um 
we are always here for you. Well, you already know you basically can have a key to my house September. <laughs> Listen, she she is a part of Black People Check and she is that that person. She is. No, for real. For, for real. She is that person. So and thanks for having why? me come talk about this because it's something that is very near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been a part of my advocacy before, but it's something that I focus a lot on now. Um, mm-hmm. And just give me an opportunity to use my voice to empower, to mm-hmm. let people know that they are not alone. Um, anybody listening to this, come DM me, um, PM me, look for me. Um, not just if you want events, but also I've gained a lot of resources and knowledge of how to navigate this um, throughout all of this, um, the Barbara Schleifer Clinic was amazingly helpful in getting me legal um, counsel, um, drafting documents, women's health centers were very helpful, women community health centers were very helpful in helping me navigate the system and advocate, um, the Child Development Institute was helpful, the Abrigo Center, who also gave me a domestic violence counselor was very helpful, so lots and lots and lots and lots of resources, um, if you need them, if you know somebody who needs them, please reach out to me, it's September A. Um, that's S-A-P-T-E-M-B-R-E-A on Twitter. It's an under, add an underscore to the end on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for me. I've got my website, septemberanderson.com. I've got a form on there so you can email me or fill out the form and send me something. If there's any way you think that I could help, please reach out. Mm-hmm. Yo! Mm-hmm. So, September. And yo, my family's going to when this shit comes out when you speak truth to power power gets mad That's power just gets so mad but you know what there's some of them the reason why I had this visceral reaction to depressing the depression the suicidal thoughts is literally because I was grieving right mm-hmm. the fact that I know like these people that I loved that I don't want anything to do with anymore some of my family members not everyone mm-hmm. because there are quite a few few family members have been very supportive so thank you auntie mom and dad my brother you touch on a very good point um especially for people who've been victims of the intimate partner violence the grief is real i was lucky in that a friend of mine was going through some serious grief and so i've been doing research to help her but in doing research on her grief i realized that i was grieving as well so a lot of the resources for grieving people grieving of death I was able to use those because regardless of what the relationship was, it was a relationship and a part of my life. And I had to grieve what happened to me, who I was, what I lost, the shifts and change. Um, You know what I mean? For me, it was really hard because I'm like, I'm going to be a statistic and I'm going to have to live and navigate with all of the other things that I have on my back. I'm going to have to live and navigate the world as a single black mom. And that's tough. Like there are not enough burials already. I'm going to have to deal with people judging me all the time. So the grief is so real. It is very scary. But one thing that really helped me when I was down, like my depression was out of control. And one woman said, she's like, September in two to three years, I can see where you're going to be in two to three years. And it's going to be so beautiful and wonderful. Um, You've just got to get through this. And that was really valuable. She's like, this is hard. And it's going to get worse, but you will get out of this. It's mm-hmm. going to take this long. Mm-hmm. And every day, I didn't even take it one day at a time. I could only take it one moment at a time. One yeah. day was too overwhelming. I just took a one. Ask Mandela. We went to Big Fet, yeah. lined up myself half naked. And as we leave the Fet to dinner, I just broke down crying. And I was right. like hunched over and I was just bawling. Mm-hmm. So we were down by the distillery district. 
I remember yeah, that. Down by the distillery. Yeah. And I broke in my, in my little battery riders and lingerie top and yeah. broke down crying because I was just so over. It was a boat ride. What it was. Yeah. Boat ride. Mm-hmm. I was just so overcome with the grief of what I had gone through that I just couldn't hold it together any longer. You, me, and Shannon. Um, so it's awful. Yeah. You, me, and Shannon were there. Yeah. I still have the picture of all three of us on the boat. Yep. Just before. Oh. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. that. But yeah. yo, big up yourself, man. Jermaine. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Um, Listen. When this I- episode comes out, let's all retweet and share the shit out of it. I'm going to share to my network. You share with your social worker, mental health. Oh, listen, man. Like this, this, this thing is going to come out. And it's funny because this is actually a great and I think powerful way to end this season. I think this is a topic that is always going to be on top of, well, it should be on top of everybody's mind as a black, as a community. I think one most important things, and not to belabor the point, but I think it's important for us as a black community to really understand how we view women and our and our children. That attitude really does need to change. Thank you. Because I think through that, then it's easier to show our daughters and teach our sons about things like consent, about things about um, not just consent, but how to properly um, develop proper loving and and very wholesome relationships without resorting to any type of violence or any type of abuse of any kind and i'll say this as somebody who is dating post all of this it is very hard it's very challenging to do what hasn't been done before and what you haven't seen you know what i mean because there's so many new things we're learning about how what conflict looks like and mm. even one thing i read about what is it post argument reconnection and how to reconnect with your partner after an argument and so many things that we're trying to do differently yep. at yourself on the back for trying your best but you don't even know what you're doing we mm. don't have a guidebook we're just doing the best that we have to have progressive loving relationships and even with my kid mandela knows why i have one the child that i have but here, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to do the best that I can do, best that I oh, can, do. Yeah. without knowing what the next step is. Sometimes I literally have to reach out to all these supports and be like, I've reached the ends of my skill as a parent. I don't know what the next step is. So somebody please help me know what do I do with this child? Honestly, I have to thank you guys both because what you guys have put out there in this whole discussion is hugely important. So Honestly, September, again, I respect you 150%. Let me just... Not even at 200? You know, let me just, no, no, let's do a three, half. 300, you know, still. You're so fucking disrespectful. <laughs> and Mandela, honestly, <laughs> you're, I respect you highly because you're doing what very few Black men do, right? And that is really call out and support uh, the victim's of of intimate partner violence and and all these type of abuse. Believe me when I tell you, you are doing the Lord's work. You are the third person to make me blush. <laughs> Very my, easy because of his complexion. His winter complexion is coming in hard. Oh yeah, my, hard hard. My wife <laughs> Bianca Belair. My my wife Bianca Belair and germs made me blush. <laughs> Jigga germs. <laughs> Jigga. Jigga. Oh. Giga germs. No, you said the full word earlier in this podcast. Yes, so we know. Yeah, let's not go there, man. (laughs) But but on a a real though, 
Um, I'm glad that we had this discussion. Me we'll three. probably end up having this discussion at some point again. This is going to uh, be a part two, season two coming. Oh, listen, it's going to be a it's going to be a powerful one again. And we have announcements. <laughs> we have announcements. Check our social media. We yes, have announcements to come because we got a lot of things cooking. But that being said, Mandela, before we go, before, where can we reach? Before we go, <laughs> where can we reach? You? you can reach me, Mandela, not one of the good blacks. Oh my god! At <laughs> Black People PPL, check it. Wow, I burped. Let me yes. start this again. <laughs> you can reach me, one of the not one of the good blacks mm-hmm. at Black People Check In. B L A C K P P L check it all one word on Instagram and Twitter. If you really want to reach me though, because I went into hiding because of this whole abuse situation, you know what? Fuck it. Shame. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all. Minatek intimidation. Hey, at Mandela underscore KJ. Legit, I repeated that song going through like the whole yep. this whole oh, ordeal my really? mm-hmm. vibes cartel real bad man that need to be a, a bad man for three minutes you're on a level of vibes <laughs> right so at mandela underscore kj um lawyer who threatened us that is the account i run and i also run black people check-in because i know you inquired as to who was running so mm-hmm. sir and your law firm i just gave you the information holla at us if you have an issue, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, that's where you can find me, Uncle Germs. I know you did a shameless plug. Where can we find you? AKA your girlfriend's favorite podcaster and your girlfriend's, <laughs> he's like a mother, brother to me, best friend. Friend. That you don't have to worry about. <laughs> yes. Not and yet. Then, that one friend that you don't have to worry about. Oh, not yet. Yo, yo. Wink, wink. Listen, listen, I believe in Jesus, but like September, I will throw hands if I have to. Listen, oh. I just I just gave you a, a a Christian down south sermon earlier. Listen, there's a lot to me, there's a lot of layers. <laughs> but that being said, uh if anybody wants to reach me or yell at me, I don't care. Uh reach me at on both Instagram and on Twitter's at germs, J-E-R-M-S 394. Actually, got another video that I'm going to pop up in the next couple of days, so check it out. You know what? You've inspired me, Germs. Yeah. I'm gonna start posting my own videos. Actually, yo, people check in. Yo, you know what we should have been doing, and we need Look. to actually get back to this. And I know lives. Yes. Yes. You need to come back to our rules, dog. But what oh. can happen though is when y'all launch this episode, then you can do a live about it. Oh, we, we are going to. And I might polls to get feedback. Come on, man. I might even unblock a certain law firm. Come on, man. Mm. Media management. Do some. So come on. Sorry, yeah. September. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know My what? People, you know what I mean? I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to speak about this. So I think maybe a week after it comes out, there should be an opportunity to do a live and, you know what I mean? Get feedback and really vocalize. You know what I mean? To give the people the voice. I think that you should be a part of that. Oh, no, no. What do you mean? I think it's, she is. Listen, <laughs> this is me being nice. 
Oh. He's sneaking consent first. Oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We sorry. just spoke about consent, nigga. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Are you trying to force the situation? Sorry. We have to out you. Sorry. No, you know, fine. I get it. If you have to distance yourself, I get it. I will take <laughs> responsibility for my actions. You know what? I'm going to walk away now. I'm just you know what? Gonna... You're back to Jigaboo germs. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> do the dance, do the dance. You know, both of you guys in the trash. Both you really you. put the boo in Jigaboo, huh? <laughs> Just both of you guys in the trash. That's what he says. The man that you're, you know what I mean? That you don't have to worry about? Yeah, you put the boo in Jigaboo. <laughs> oh, <dang. sighs> Tell us how Sophia from Scarborough or Estefania from Scarborough. I don't want, listen, man, don't don't bring that on me, guys. You know, it's not even, for the longest time, I was the, I was viewed as the black white guy. And I was like, nah, B, leave me alone. It's out in the universe, B. Listen, older white, middle-aged older white women love me until they come on my social media, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, they love me. That's my that's my demographic. What? It's the artsy, kind of little eccentric, you know, middle-aged white women. They they love me until they hear me talk. Listen, (laughs) honestly, I don't think a lot of people really, like... There's one thing to not like black women. I don't think they like black men who are actually pro black. No, they don't. They don't like black men who like black women. <clears throat> no, like That's why you, one. Why, <laughs> why are we spreading hate, guys, on black people? Check it. What so like said, come look. And even that thing, I'm going to send you guys the link for that song. It's actually a song. Try Jesus, not me because I throw hands. Oh, listen. Try Jesus. Hey. Yo, that's my track, guy. Oh, try for Jesus, please don't try me because I fight. I know what he said about getting slapped, but if you touch me or mine, we gonna have to scrap. Yep. Yes. Try Jesus, please don't try me because I fight. Yep. They yeah. told me from the outside, but you know what, September? We're gonna talk about 10 minutes offline after this. Yes. Me and germs have some ideas that we want to run by you. True. Oh. Yeah, we won't All take right. up too much of your time, but because I have a party to go to. So. Yes. So, mm-hmm. okay. black people, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Season yes. finale. We are confirmed for a season two. The network greenlit season two. We are already in production. Yes. So, have a good day, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. We love you, black people. September, yes. thank you. Germs, thank you for always being a supporter. September, you already know, say a family and thing. Me love you, let me love downtown land. People, Oman Wasteline. Oh, Father friend. Friday for Mandela, for September, the Bashment Queen, for Jigaboo Germs. This has been season oh, one. We. Oui. <laughs> Sayonara, Good night. everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>